they, they, they were only able to print about three of them, then they went out of. Uh, they were banned. Mm. Censored and banned. And they weren't a, a bit uh, allowed on the, uh, anywhere to be sold or even, you know, to be, you know, to be sold. And they were stories about a man that would... He had a trophy room of human heads. And it had, they had the heads hanging up and the, and the whole wall was just dripped with blood. But it was done in such a realistic and gory, horrifying way that they wouldn't let them be printed. And what about this one man who shot printer's ink into this guy's arm? And uh, it was in black and white. And then this other one about this hand that that uh, this guy stole this guy's ring and, and the police started coming. So he cut off the hand so he could get the ring off and ran. And the hand came up into his old apartment, the dusty floors and the old apartment and came crawling down. And says, says he's sweating in his sleep and he says, it sounds like a rat. But does a rat have five fingers? Does a rat leave a bloody handprint in the hall? I should learn how to do some stuff for myself, but when your podcast is in the big time, yeah. you just hire everybody to yeah, do man. that. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, the, make the money work for you. Uh, I I feel like... I, I call it spreading. I call it spreading the money. Yeah, I try to they, spread all that Patreon are, money out. You're above. paying your brother? Yeah, we Hell pay yeah. everybody $20 an hour. Oh. And, uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> my wife... Books co- my wife books the live shows. My brother um, record is the studio like producer. He's there. My cousin it rips everything and uh, posts it and does all the audio editing and shit. Okay. So does your brother and, just do the basement shows or does does he do the the Sunday shows too? Yeah, he's there the whole time. I don't know why he does it. He has a real job that gets <laughs> being at eight o'clock in the morning and he sits there until one in the morning. Hell yeah. <laughs> while me and brett like dick around in the basement he's always like trying to get us to get he's like oh when are you guys gonna fucking start recording and we just are sitting brett's like doing dabs and i'm yeah. fucking <laughs> making everybody listen to like leonard skinnard songs while i sing <laughs> i'll tell you what i i listen to a lot of podcasts and uh i think yours might be the only one where every single episode i've ever heard has an audible bong rip or some sort of like bubbling sound in the background followed by muffled coughs every single you episode know, those are fucking dabs he okay. dabs through the whole fucking show i don't know I, none of that is me that, that is all one person doing all of that <laughs> i smoke a vape pen i just have a little vape pen and i hit it like twice during the show he he dabs every i notice it's usually while you're talking that i hear it yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. ambient noise in the background it's like bed music um, i don't know how he fucking does it i i have like no idea how how he dabs like that like i i just it's a it's higher so being much. He, i get well he just doesn't freak out we have these pills that this guy gives us <laughs> okay when we're oh, on yeah. the road and they're called suicide pills sure and uh this guy flies out to our shows 
like he flew to Vegas to see us. He's flown here to see us. And uh, he flew to New Orleans to see us, and he gives us these big handfuls of these pills that are probably 100 milligrams of THC. Okay. And Brett eats those fucking things, and he just calls them suicide pills. He's like, I can't even sleep when I'm on them. I'm just awake, and I can't stop. And I, I every time I take them, I feel like I'm going to die, and I love them. <laughs> Man, we'd, we'd got weird. We'd got really strange. Um, I was going to ask you that. what's the guy's username, but I'm not going to do that because we're just going to do this as the intro yeah um, i don't i don't think he's even on twitter he's like uh <laughs> I, it, if you've ever listened to the call-in show there's a guy that calls in named chi okay and it's a drug scientist yeah and uh so basically he works at a uh illegal weed place he also gave us a bunch of uh research chemicals <laughs> a couple years ago that are just sitting in a box in the basement Oh, I used to buy that stuff all the time off of like, yeah, we, off of Canadian uh, prescription websites where you just like a, comparable to Adderall. Okay, sure, yeah. and then you just get a fucking headache and you like can't take a shit for three days. Like we have one called still pretty like, good. We have one called like DMTA or something, and one called Foxy Methoxy. And I don't know what are, and I am not gonna fucking touch those things. Hell yeah! I just, we have a big box of drugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big box of trucks. Since 2016, actually, we just – so last time we were in New York, I got a bunch of drugs and a shiv from fans. Okay. Like just <laughs> like after the show, like people just walked up and handed uh, – I got a bunch of Oxycontin. I got a bunch of Xanax, uh, weed, um, which I've asked people to stop giving me because I just have so much weed. <laughs> and, uh, and like who needs it and Coke. And then a guy gave me a shiv. And uh, that yeah. was a show we did with Chapo, and Will was like, "Why doesn't anybody give you drug? Give us drugs? Why don't we get drugs?" And I was like, first of all, because you guys are nerds. And they think secondly, they're cops, yeah." <laughs> secondly, because like, no, I don't think anybody. I mean, contra, like, <laughs> just because people say they do coke all the time, I don't think they like really believe it because they're nerds. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, I will. I, God bless Will Miniker, but he is he is he gives off a cop vibe from time to time. Yeah, uh, he didn't he, know how to pronounce Zine. Okay, come on. Yeah, Zine. Zine. Yeah. Zine. Yeah. Uh, fucking. Oh, forever. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> He does do he he does do drugs though. He's like pretty good at it. Mm. He's pretty good at drugs. Like as nice. like of all the people I've met online, like he was one of the more surprising because he looks so square and like totally. kind of talks really square. But like he <laughs> does do drugs like a decent amount. And, and Brett was just like, maybe if you like did drugs on the air, yeah. people would give it to you because that's I think why we get them because. Because they hear made, him coughing in the background. Yeah, and we made it such a part of our thing, you know? <laughs> like, when, 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 like, we the, started... The Kratom Patreon. Yeah, because when we started, we were like, we're never going to get paid to do podcasting. That's never going to happen. But if we just talk about drugs all the time, maybe we'll get free drugs. And, you know, yeah. we'll work, like, real people jobs, <laughs> and then people will give us free drugs. And then we started getting paid for it, and nobody was giving us drugs until I went on the show a couple times and, like, bullied them and said, like, don't – I can get weed anytime I want it. Like, I can call on the phone and have weed in 15 minutes. So, like, if you're going to give us drugs, give us real drugs. And then just people started bringing us real drugs Hell to yeah. the show. That now is- we have this – 
box with no time to do them. That is the truly the dream. Um, welcome <laughs> to Wrestling is Gross, episode number 15. Um, that was this is a long intro, but it's, it's what we're going to do. I have no idea where I cut that in, but uh, my name is Bucky. My name is Siobhan. And our, uh, our guest host for the evening, uh, prolific podcaster, powerful father. Uh, he has a <laughs> box of drugs, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's Brian Quimby at Murder Brian from Street Fight Radio. That's the other thing, right? There's like so much of our, like, I guess if you want to say brand is that we're two dads. Yeah. It's like, I'm surprised people even want to give us drugs. You know? <laughs> I was literally, when I, when I said prolific podcaster, powerful father, that's literally just my own Twitter bio. Um, <laughs> I, I do not have a box of drugs, though. Sadly, um, you have a, you have more than one, though, right, kid? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a my my daughter's going to be four on Sunday, and my son just turned six months. And I'm done. I had a vasectomy in February, as is well documented on this show. <laughs> um, Very wise. Yeah, I, I think I don't know how people do too. Like I'm kind of in awe of anybody, especially like in your situation. Where it's like you do one and you go through the whole hell part and then you're like, yeah, why not just do another one? Yeah. Like right after the hell part. Because like I was a pretty bad dad until my kid was like four. <laughs> I listened to – yeah, no, I listened to it. Th- I think you did with Drew um, Drew Toothpaste. I think that was the, the guest that was on. It was like a third show, a Patreon show. And, uh, and you guys – you talked at length about um, just how like – I'm not going to – air your shit out you already did but i'm not gonna say it oh you're but good you can I, say whatever you want <laughs> well, if you it's said, been on the air it's been on the air i don't okay. care <laughs> all right uh you said that your 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 wife or maybe girlfriend at the time uh told you she was pregnant and that you went and like for two days just did a bunch of drugs and didn't come home <laughs> i did come home that night okay. so what happened was i i was uh, a piece of shit sure. for a number of years like a real bad person and um, I, I, we, we weren't getting along well, I don't think. And uh, I came home from work, and uh, she was like, she was sitting on the couch, and I just walked in the bathroom, and there was a letter that said, you know, you're going to be a dad. And I walked out, and I was like, seriously? And she said, yeah. And I took a shower, and I called my brother and went and said, I got, like, I got to go get some drugs. Yeah. And fucking just left immediately. We didn't even talk about it or anything. <laughs> And then I left and just went and got drugs and just did fucking drugs for two days. But, like, I uh, – it was just Vicodin and it was just sure. kind of like I, – I think it was one of those – like, wrapping your mind around having a kid when you are a guy that walks around and says – well, I was like the real hack guy, you know, where I would say, like, oh, I'm not going to bring a kid into this world. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're doing, the, you're doing society a favor by – like not not locking yourself into anything like that. Well, there's also the hacky thing of like I'm not fit to be a dad, and sure. and I think that like every person, every dude in that nine months does think like they're not fit to do it. But once the thing shows up, like it's just like anything else. Once the kid shows up, you start to be like, oh, and, you know, I can like this is just something I can do. And then I think for me, like my whole entire life is like run on spite right so like i can't do anything i went to college because i felt like people said i couldn't do it you know i had a teacher that told me i was gonna go to prison oh yeah no i totally and, get that i my yeah. part of my entire I can't, can't relate at all so. <laughs> but no but no i think I, you know i i think you will will uh, identify with this siobhan that um and on some level one of the big 
driving forces of of me wanting to be a good dad is because my dad fucking sucked, and Same I want I want to outdo him, and that's like a whole. It, it's it's a bad way to like. It's a bad like immediate goal to have like that if that's if that's like the first thing you think of i'm not gonna fuck this up i'm gonna do great because fuck that other guy that's not like a healthy way to think of it but it's always there and it will always be there always you want to call your dad when you're 20 when your daughter or your kid is like 25 and just be like she's still talking to me (laughs) motherfucker yeah i can't imagine i can't imagine um well i mean (laughs) <laughs> you know, we talk about we were talking about uh, gas station pickled sausage, and you know, gas station pickled sausage is not healthy, but it will sustain you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not unlike Spite. You went um, there to get it, and you got it, and yeah, not a healthy goal, but you you attained that goal, and uh, and and you'll do it again. You'll continue to do it uh, where it others have failed. <laughs> you will succeed. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, so. Now we are talking about we do have wrestling. Series, yeah, we we're gonna yes, we series of now for uh, no transition at all, the no segue because yeah. fuck the hell. We're talking okay, so actually there's a segue. We're having Brian on because Brian is a long time wrestling fan, of course, as you fucking know if you know anything about him. But this is like get frustrated with WWE because it fucking sucks, and it's like sure. what is there, and what is, and it's like. What's, like, some shit that I am only vaguely aware of or not aware of at all, and how do I experience it, and, like, what, what do we do? Yeah. And we're – so that seemed uh, – it's, like, what was something that felt like an obvious thing for us to talk about forever was uh, Big Japan and just Deathmatch uh, heavyweight title of the world, and the, the best feud of the last few years for it has been – uh, Masashi Takeda and Masaya Takahashi. So those uh, there are three title matches between 2007, 2017, and 2018. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And we had Brian is going to give his completely fucking <laughs> doe-eyed observation. Near, about... near virgin of Japanese deathmatch observation. Uh, right? Like, I, I know that you... All right. We had planned on doing this trilogy from the beginning of like this show. We had this written down in a Google Doc from the very start um, because I'd only seen one of these matches and I had been meaning to go back and, and watch the other two. Um, but we just sort of put it off. And then I saw coming out of, uh, out of Mania Weekend, I guess you were at Spring Break, right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, and I so went to saw I went that. To spring break. <laughs> yeah, that, that match was that's my first real death match. I'd seen uh, Nick Gage wrestle Tim Donst in a sure. pretty brutal match, but there wasn't a lot of like uh, there weren't any light tubes. Basically. We've actually we've referenced that. That was the fans bring the weapons match at AIW, I believe. I um, believe I was there. Yeah, yeah. So Thorne on the on the AIW podcast mentioned that um, people like showed up to that show with like glass and like crazy shit, and he turned them away at the door and said, "You you just have to put that back in your car." Um, because that's not the kind of show he wants to do anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean that that doesn't count. This this counts. You saw Jimmy Lloyd pull scissors out of his throat. That was it was crazy. <laughs> I, you know, like when you were saying how I got, I, like I got, t- I, so I I got into wrestling back in again. I, I watched it all the time growing up. It was like you know you go through those ebbs and flows where for a bunch of years you don't watch it at all. Sure. Like actually, the first thing I watched. 
on TV that wasn't the news after 9-11 was SmackDown. Like, I was so The first public happy. assembly yeah. after 9-11. <laughs> I was oh, so yeah. happy that was on, though. Like, it was yeah. just, like, one of those big things. But I kind of – I quit watching kind of after that. And then I got back into WWE in 2013 when Brett, my podcast partner – he he kind of was watching it so i watched that wrestlemania with daniel bryan and like yeah. you will you will go fucking crazy you will like twist yourself up in knots trying to make wwe make sense before yeah. you drop it you know like it's a yeah. really weird relationship like how how long did you how long did you watch it before you were just like okay like I can't fucking do this anymore because I was like four years four or five years before I said I can't do it anymore. Siobhan, um, I, do you have an idea? This, I gotta think about on this, this for last a sec. run. I was thinking it's been okay. The Brian Shield stuff, yeah, on thirteen this run fourteen. For us. Because that's everyone about like but hot back, and then I think yeah, all of a sudden it was crazy. One, it was so good. It was like early 2017. I think it was. It wasn't the gender title win on SmackDown, but that was when it was just sort of like because that late 2016 SmackDown was fucking good. That was a hot run. But then I was just like, no. And I'm like, I know that Triple H is just going to sabotage everybody. I know that's what he did for, to Cena for fuck forever. He, and he's just doing it, and it's like, and he's going to let NXT it's all he be kind of good. Yeah, yeah, and it's just going to fucking – I can't deal with this shit. And, and, and you tie yourself up. You're just like, oh, they're – you know who's great, who you can read to see the, like, real mindset of the, like, WWE fan that hasn't hit their limit is David Shoemaker. If you, like, read his stuff and okay. you see him, like, doing meta – he thinks WWE is, like, doing meta commentary, but it's really just that they can't tell a story. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a lot of yeah, those guys like, with with New Japan too, really. It's, right? Yeah, that, it's you're right sickness. about that too. Well, that's one of the things that I was gonna say after. So I gave up on WWE, and then like I was very happy with like Ring of Honor and New Japan for probably two years. But like that's the path um, that that is clearly like that is the path everybody sort of takes away from WWE. You know? Yeah, and and you know what? I still think New Japan's pretty good. Like I like it, but I do think that. Uh, I think I need a, a, a variety of different things. Yeah. I can't just have one thing. Like, I like watching New Japan, but I do think, like, much like WWE, they have a style and, and they don't really go outside of it. And they don't let, they don't do death matches. They don't do uh, fucking ladder matches or anything like that, really, which I guess they're not supposed to do because it's Japan or whatever like that. But still, <laughs> like, I want to see a bunch of different fucking things. So I think it's only been in about the past year that I've been super, like, kind of open to, all right, like, I'll watch a death match. I'll watch some death matches. I'll watch, uh, I'll, I'll watch Lucha. I'll watch CMLL or, or AAA or, sure. or something like that. I, oh, yeah. And I like that – you guys are probably going to hate this, obviously. <laughs> but I like AEW so far. There's only been two shows, but – I've seen neither like, of them, I can't say. <laughs> well, I feel like they do different things throughout the show. At the very least, like, you know, the, the I've gone to them too and I've been in the audiences for them too. And there's kind of a thing when you're in a sold-out – Major That's right. You were in Vegas. Arena. That's right. Yeah, I was at – and I was at All In too. And like when – there's something like when when you're watching WWE, I think the reason you tie yourself in knots trying to like it is because you do want to have that communal, that 
10,000 people in a room watching very high budget wrestling yeah. and you're like just please please fucking do it and, and yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of people I I mean I give AEW a pass on a ton of shit because I'm just like just just do something that is like if 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 we're judging out of a hundred, can if you can just get a seventy percent, <laughs> that's a hundred percent to me. <laughs> they are Dustin killing Rhodes like, bled in yeah. that match, and that's like all right, that's enough goodwill for a little while. Yeah, that is let's our see shit. how TNT goes exactly. Like right, and will like, Turner that's... let them bleed? I wonder. Did was there blood on Rizzoli and Isles? <laughs> I don't think it count though, right? Like because they always say that if there's blood on wrestling, the thing that I that turns me off about AEW, one of the things is that like I think they're all pretty vehemently anti death match. You know, I I don't know of any of the guys that are in that top part that are. I mean, yeah. it's Moxley. Okay, yeah, he's not going to be Wait. like that. He's he's made it pretty clear. Yeah. He's ready to wrestle Juice Robinson while wearing trunks and knee pads, like. <laughs> That's and he's gonna keep doing that that very bad tope suicida that some people oh, have yeah. convinced oh, themselves is not that. bad. Because <laughs> I'm about to watch it tonight after we get done, and okay. I, the first thing I said when I looked at Brett after he premiered in Vegas is like, "Boy, I hope he doesn't do that uh, suicide <laughs> dive anymore, man, because that is." the shittiest thing in the business right yeah. there and brett was like make brett said he jumps out of the ring lands on his feet and then lays his hands on their shoulders and it's, i was like that is exactly what it is it's a flying push uh juice takes a good bump i'll say that yeah I, yeah and it's it like was fine the, the young bucks used to but they don't give a shit anymore i mean matt jackson that thing of talking about like i want to be retired at 39 i'm like I hate you so much, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're gonna retire. <laughs> that nobody does that. How, how? That's your plan. It's like we would have, if we worked for Ring of Honor for ten years. Yeah, we could retire. And it's like. You're 30, you're 29 years old, just talking about retirement. Well, it's such yeah. an anti, like, as far as, like, wrestling is concerned, like, the, the you break down, like, career paths in wrestling and just the general uh, attitude. You you keep going until you, you're dead. That's what wrestlers do. And maybe you could say that this is, I'm sort of like, well, that's bad. These people are breaking their bodies because they don't make enough money and they don't have fucking health care. And that's all fair. That's all fine. And I... <laughs> agree with that but i like watching people over 50 years old wrestle that's right, my counter argument honestly, <laughs> honestly like i can just say this from an from the uh from the point of an entertainer i'm 40 and i i am i now make my living as an entertainer and uh uh my dad and and my family and and my wife's family and stuff all ask me like what are you going to do when it's time to retire and i'm just like i'll work till i'm dead my job fucking kicks ass yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's <laughs> like i mean i just like terry funk it's just like i don't need to see him do like he went like in like the 90s he went like insane and shit but it's like i don't need to see him i just need to see him throw a punch and be charismatic and, and he have can do like that till he's dead. greasy yeah. hair, and you know, like wipe it off with a towel, and then he he just kind of gets on the mic he, and he he says something gentle into the microphone. Like Matt how could, could throw bad for super kicks and crotch chops for fifty years? Yeah, right. I mean, how I don't could, love it, but he could do that totally. It's not a big deal. It's not how hard. Could, how could the Bucks watch that? Dustin Rhodes match and be like totally I want to quit when I'm old totally you know because I watch listen uh I don't think I 
I like I hate saying this. This hurts me inside and my soul is is the most painful thing that I've ever had to come to terms with. But like I like Cody Rhodes now and it (laughs) makes me fucking insane. Why? What about him? I just that Matt. Okay, so you like how he looks like a plantation owner. He does look like (laughs) I mean, he looks I, I, I think here's what I like about him. Okay, uh, he 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 doesn't wrestle anybody that's better than him, <laughs> which is something that's like a cool wrestling thing, right? Where okay. like uh, Cody knows what everybody thinks about him, so he will only wrestle people that he that you can't say carried him. If right. that makes sense, you know I, what I, I mean? mean so obviously, with the exception of the Dustin match, but that was a very special. Right, but even with the Dustin match, everybody was like, "Oh, but Dustin's super old." So yeah, it's like you. So I heard people talking at the casinos and, and when we were waiting in line at Vegas, and they're like, "I don't know if Dustin can still go, but you know, See, Cody will be okay." Crazy <laughs> to me. That's so like obviously, Siobhan and I are deep in our own bubble. Um, we you know we just did a fucking nearly three hour podcast celebrating the fiftieth anniversary of Dustin Rhodes like that's a thing yeah. we did just a, a month <laughs> and a half ago um, our longest episode yet um, and it, you know like the the latest match on that show was from six five years ago uh, he was forty five I believe uh, when when that match happened and he motherfucker was like at his athletic peak all of a sudden in his mid forties. I don't know how people can watch that stuff. And, I mean, obviously he's been off TV for a while. But still, like, he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, or whatever the fuck it's called, a year and a half ago, I want to say. Uh, maybe, it was the, maybe it was the one two years ago. But he was in there, and I believe it was the big show, threw him over the top. You know, how you, how battle, you know what a Battle Royal is. Um, and he, he fucking flung himself. Flew, like, higher and further than half the other people in that ring and he got nothing else in that match but he made his elimination look like he could have died on it and now he's 47 years old it's so crazy to me that 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 is like the fucking like normal person narrative and, and i just i don't talk to those people i don't i don't and i should because i i want to i want to get you know i want to hear both sides I'm really into it's hard. <laughs> hearing both sides but i don't i don't get it man it's hard. It's it's really strange because like the the only they're a, they're an odd group of people that that go to these shows the the fly in type of people, and uh, it's hard to talk to like normal wrestling fans yeah. that that like I know that I was walking in to the MGM Grand. And I'll even say it at all in too, as I was walking in, and I walked by a hundred conversations that I would fucking drown myself before <laughs> I got involved. In yeah, them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but like they. Here's the thing: the, they all talk like podcasters, which I think that most of the AEW audience are podcasters. Like yeah. I think they sell <laughs> ten thousand tickets in twenty minutes. Strictly to podcasters (laughs) and people without people without cable because the the young bucks got super over with uh, like really working class people at least in in my experience in in Columbus because they're on they were on Ring of Honor okay 
that I came out about over that. the airwaves. And they were on there for so long that, like, now when when I talk to people who ju- – like, uh, Brett's dad is a really great example. Brett's dad is, like, a 60-year-old conservative guy that was a bricklayer that loves AEW and loves the Bucks. <laughs> And thinks that they're fucking awesome and thinks that Cody and Dustin are awesome. Like, Brett can take pictures of the AEW shows when we're there. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you guys are there. That's so cool, you know? It's so and- bizarre to me that, like, the working class people uh, are, are, like, the, the people that, that WWE has inexplicably lost. And, like, I mean, I guess that was always sort of McMahon's grand vision was that he wanted he wanted middle class or better people to watch his product, right? Get it out of the dusty bingo halls. Fuck the Fuck the poor. Um, he can't identify with him. He doesn't make his product for them. Um, but I never would have guessed that this other thing would have, I, I, I always forget ring of honors even on TV. Like it's, I know they have TV, I, but it, it, I could turn it on every Sunday morning and watch it. I can't imagine doing that. I don't, I'm not a big, uh, what's his name? Uh, TK, what's TK? Video? All right, TK you're not. A, <laughs> I'm not a kingdom video. guy. Yeah, you're not into the kingdom yeah. or uh, uh, Matt Taven. Here's the thing: I don't know because I've never seen any of those people wrestle. So I've seen Matt Taven. Obviously, Matt Taven worked CMLL. He was the he lost his hair in the main event of the Arena Mexico show of the uh, anniversary show. But like, I can't. It, it's really weird to me that that people watch that and i'm not not saying because it's bad and i'm not saying it isn't bad because i i believe it probably is mostly bad but it's i don't know sunday morning wrestling on a fuck or whenever it comes on on a syndicated like you know over the air tv channel it it feels so old to me uh i I don't. I can't. I. I can't remember the last time I put on. You know what? I we, I watched the the Indianapolis 500 on over the air on uh, in, in NBC or whatever. And besides that, I can't remember the last time I I turned on my fucking TV and went to like flip through a fucking channel. Like that. That's a thing. I that. Well, it's also all wrestling, right? Like Ring yeah. of Honor show has traditionally just been all wrestling. Where the wall ring like, work. Yeah. Say say you're some person that's been on top of a roof all day and a hundred degrees and you're like (laughs) your fucking skin is blistering and the rubbers come off on your shoes and you sit down and you grab a beer in your chair and you turn on wrestling and it's a 15 minute stephanie mcmahon promo yeah okay yeah (laughs) it's instead if you're getting the briscoes versus uh i don't know fucking pco and brody king you're gonna be like all right i recognize all all of these guys i've known in my life sure (laughs) like yeah man yeah and 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 i think that that's why i i i think that's why people i think are underestimating what the tnt stuff is going to be because i think there's a lot of people that aren't counted as wrestling fans, there's a guy that lives the Rizzoli in the... and Isles crowd, right? Yeah. Well, there's a guy. So the studio we used to record in that's for the radio station was in like a pole barn behind a mansion. Okay. On on one of the main roads in Columbus. And we used to go there and record and they would have just like random guys living there. 
in like in the studio. They just slept in the studio. And one of the guys that lived there just sat and watched Ring of Honor the whole time. Like he loved it and he couldn't wait for me and Brett to get in there so he could talk to me about Ring of Honor. And like this was like Kenny Omega, Bucks, Cody period. And he just loved all those guys. He loved them. That's beautiful. And all he wanted and it was when I was adorable. I know, and it was when I was sort of falling out of love with them. So I would just stand there and be like, "Oh, I think they're great." Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, always nice to these stuff. people. I'm yeah. always. I I work third shift at a, uh, at the Caterpillar Warehouse, so like I I am definitely like your your you know definition of fucking working class. I'm, it's it's weird. I, there's this guy that actually stopped working there a week ago. But when I met him, he was wearing a Johnny Gargano shirt. And I like, I was like, man, Johnny, Gar- this is fucking weird. Is that because two years ago, nobody knew who Johnny Gargano even fucking was. Um, oh, shit. I got a hello. Hello. You're here. I, oh, I oh. hear you. <laughs> okay. Had a, cool, had a cool sound happening. Uh, Johnny Gargano uh, is like a, a, not a household name, but this guy was wearing this shirt. And I was thinking, like, I was, I kept thinking, and I, at that same day, I was wearing my MDK Nick Gage shirt. <laughs> so the, you know, the two sides of the of the same coin, I guess. And I was thinking, like, do I, do I mention wrestling to this guy? Because in my head, if you're wearing a Johnny Gargano shirt, then you are a lot closer to, you know, to an AEW fan or whatever than like the person wearing a John Cena shirt. And I was like scared to mention it to him. And then I ended up talking to him, and I, like he he was telling me how he watches Stardom, and I was just like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's just a creep." You know? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you never. Know. I went to a Stardom. I went to Stardom at WrestleMania weekend, and I saw a guy in a black trench coat, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Have some self awareness, buddy." Uh, the the uh, anime uh, convention the hand check. Fitting sweared pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar yeah. with the hand check at a at like anime hentai conventions where they'll play they'll play some fucking hentai on a, on a uh, theater screen and they'll go around with the flashlight and like make sure nobody's jacking off. Um, oh yeah. Oh. I, I may have some of the details wrong. I haven't. <laughs> it's not really. Now I'll tell you something that people hopefully weren't jacking off to, and that would be August seventeenth, <laughs> two thousand seventeen, for the Big Japan Death Match Heavyweight Championship. Uh, <laughs> Pains. I forget. I fucking wrote the stipulations down. And yeah, I, I got I it. I got it. I'll, I'll bring them up. Uh, fantastic segue. The the stipulation. Is light tubes and glass panes deathmatch from Nagoya? Yes, no, I don't know from the, the the venue here, Nagoya something. Uh, yeah, from the Death Mania Four, twenty seventeen. <laughs> All right, so I look, I I I appreciate you trying to bring it back around, Siobhan. Uh I I think I think your segues are getting better, but at a very slow slow rate. <laughs> yes, I don't. <laughs> We'll, we'll find we'll find a way. Yeah. Because this is what are it's like. Let's get to this is a fucking good conversation. I'm not trying to derail the conversation. No, it, at all. But also, this is like I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting. I, think, I, I I'm curious. Um, do 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 either of you think this could get over with a working class crowd? Yes. Yes. I mean, I I, I saw. Yeah. Uh, Takeda coming out to Corn when I saw him, he doesn't come out to that obviously on BJW. But seeing him come out to Corn freaked me out. <laughs> and uh, now he's just like this kind of thing. 
well, first of all, this kind of thing would freak out anybody that fucking watched it that ha- doesn't yeah. know what's coming. You know, it's a freaky fucking thing to watch. <laughs> It's it is scary. Um, I my wife won't even look at like pictures or, or gifts, um, and like she will, she, you know, she follows the podcast account. So sometimes it, she's like asked me to not do anything super gross on there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is what is it? Masaya Takahashi uh, comes in as the defending champion against Masashi Takeda. Um, so we're not going to run through bit by bit on every one of these matches. You watched all three of these, right, Brian? I, I I only I had two of them. Okay, but what, I, I I but can I ask like how popular Big Japan is over there? Like, what is the uh, what's their t? Do they have TV and like how how big is it compared to like All Japan or New Japan or something like that? Because I'm really curious at how mainstream this deathmatch stuff is over there. Uh, Shavon, it's, you go for it's it. It's not super. It's not super mainstream. Like they're okay. So the like they they're big. Um, show the years at sumo hall like pretty much everyone else's and they usually get about four thousand compared to um ddt can get ten thousand usually they get like seventy five hundred uh all japan was getting seventy five hundred uh, new japan could sell the place out um right. and it's but it's also a weird combination of it's it's a weird product and but if you go to like their Cork and Hall shows like those do as well as anybody's. It's it, it's it may it's it's cultish, but it's it's sort of a combination of things. And it's also like we we did when we did the FMW shows. I mean, those were sixty thousand for exploding barbed wire. Yeah, I they think were it's selling out like a, a baseball com- stadium. Yeah, it's a. I think it's like a, a level of violent, and it's like if you ratchet it down a little bit to like a level where it's just like barbed wire boards and stuff like that. And occasional glass panes. I think it would probably they could probably get better. I mean, do but it's like they don't I, need to. I think they're doing fine. I think it's all right. So as far as TV is concerned, the TV for for a lot of wrestling in Japan is very strange because it's on cable channels for the most part, um, and like cable is like a, a weird thing over there where they sort of don't respect it. I've heard this before where people are a lot less likely to pay for television in Japan compared to how they are in like North America. Um, so I think the, the like actual target audience for TV is a lot smaller. I think also a lot of it airs sort of in the middle of the night. Um, maybe that's due to like some censorship regulations. I really don't know. This is uh, again, these are always questions that you would ask Connor. Um, cause he, for some reason knows all this stuff. Um, I don't think them removing light bulbs is gonna would would make like I don't think that would make them any more popular. Uh, I yeah. I, I, I wonder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you go, I wonder if, I'm a, go for it. I wonder if four thousand. I mean, I, I don't ever see four thousand people showing up for this in in the United States though. Like yeah. I, it's really incredible to me that they're even able to draw four thousand yeah. people. I don't. I I think like. If you ratcheted it down like six notches, everything that's special about it goes away, you yeah. know, because there's something really special about these guys doing this, you know, For uh, sure. and, and if 4000 people show up to see something this gruesome, 
Like, I would never fuck with that formula. I think it's incredible. <laughs> I haven't really thought of it in terms of, like, if you transplanted it over onto, like, a, like, if you, if you compare it directly to a game changer or, like, a, like, a, even, like, peak era combat zone, um, CCW in, what, like, 2003, they were pretty, at least for their bigger shows, pretty regularly selling out the ECW arena. But that's only, 1200 maybe like tops yeah and that might be a work so that yeah. might be a gimmick number um yeah that it, it's it is pretty remarkable when you put it that way um and yeah they they build they <laughs> they build stars brian they make superstars, like superstars. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it seems like big japan wrestling knows how to create a superstar they're not just relying on the brand over there they, <laughs> they can create a superstar well, so that's a big part of this of this trilogy too, because uh, Masaya Takahashi debuted in what twenty fourteen, Shalon? Um, maybe a little earlier. He, yeah, he de- he was a Tajiri trainee, and then he after that promotion died, he signed to Big Japan, and pretty immediately became a deathmatch guy. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the thing, right? He's he's not uh, super well seasoned. This is his first ever title reign, I think. And when yeah. he, he won it, what, in May of 2017? Is that right? Against Abby? Yeah, against little Abby. Uh, uh, Brian, if you haven't seen Abdullah Jr. Kobayashi, uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get some of that. Uh, he's your kind of guy. I want more of this. I yeah. definitely want more of this. He is your kind of guy, for sure. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then Takeda had been around for nearly 10 years. This was like a big fucking oh. thing when he got his reign and, and was the ace. Yeah. Um, it was like huge, uh, and it been like, I think, and he is a. F- I mean, you, you. I mean, you saw the blood sport, right? I didn't get the blood sport. I didn't get to go to that one. Well, so okay, I, so like you're like he was like there, and it was like like on the commentary, like why? Is, it's like this guy was trained by like MMA, like jujitsu legend uh, Kiyoshi Tamura. Like this is a legit as hell guy, and you. I mean, he does like the. Um, the fucking one of one of the best things. Uh, one of my favorite spots for fucking years now. Um, the fucking uh, cross arm breaker into the light tubes in the second yeah. match. Yes, <laughs> and um, there's a there's a match with uh, with Abdullah Kobayashi from from 2018 where he does that and then he pulls out a knife and starts cutting <laughs> Kobayashi's <laughs> wrist. <laughs> the cross arm breaker into the light tubes was. I, yeah. I I was the first thing I thought was like he's gonna fucking submit this guy yeah. in this match like he's gonna submit somebody it, it seemed like out of out of the realm of possibility yeah. that you would do a submission finish in in a match like yeah that. you don't see it often um, yeah so this first match uh, this is the title change Takahashi loses the belt to Takeda um, this match is fifteen minutes it just hits on just all cylinders the entire time. Brian, which of these matches did you not get a chance to watch? I think it's that one. This first I, one. The, yeah, the okay. one I the one I, I watched the one with the big Merry Christmas glass yep. pane. Okay. And then And I I watched the one and Takeda came in as champion on that one. Okay. Okay. So, so you watched the one with like the like the uh the big bag of salt then. Also. Yes, okay. I wonder what that Alk was. <laughs> yeah, the one of Alclass. We'll okay. Get that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is actually I think this is like really really well paced. One of my I love like the transitions on light tube. Like there's a a spear where uh, Takeda and he nicks his arm too. He definitely ends up, but he gets 
Takahashi in the gut with a bundle of light tubes, and that changes momentum. That's a beautiful transition. That's yeah. really good. And that and a lot of, I mean, like with the um, Takeki can use his grappling. He can work that in. Uh, Takahashi was a uh, judoka. He has okay. some great. I didn't, I didn't know what his background stuff. was. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah uh, that we will see a, a nice throw in one of the later matches. Uh, yeah, so this first match really sets the stage for the other three. We won't stay on this super long uh, because our guest here has not seen this one, which is totally sorry, okay. Yeah. Three sorry. matches, is it's a tall order. Um, I will. I, I just want to point out a couple of big things. Uh, there's a moment where Takeda, uh, there's a pane of glass in the corner. Uh, Takeda takes his forehead and rubs it across and draws uh, a cross uh, with blood uh, with his forehead. Uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just shout that out right quick. Uh, this is, uh, this is the, I guess this is a recurring bit where, uh, at least between the first two, where Takahashi sets up a, uh, uh, like a light tube log cabin. Yeah, because they don't have those pre-made. Yeah, so like... exactly. Usually those are taped together like by some dirtbag cousin of Ian Rotten, not like lovingly arranged by an artist mid-match. But that's you know that was beautiful watching him do that and watching his precision and just really you know fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, we get your and we get one of these in each of these three matches. Your New Japan strike sequence. I'm willing to forgive this kind of stupidity if it's kept relatively brief. And both guys are bleeding like they just got shot in the face. Um, shots are stiff. Stakes feel high. It's fine. Uh, we get this... The, the <laughs> recurring moves here a lot. The uh, uh, Takahashi does... He, he lifts a guy for like an atomic drop or backdrop and then swings him down face first into the face buster. Um, that goes into the log cabin of light tubes. And then he picks Takahashi uh, or uh, Takeda up and does like a ripcord rainmaker setup that leads into an iponze or is it an iponze is that right yeah okay because i know connor likes to make fun of me uh second shout out to connor uh he always knows the name of the different judo throws um and then so i noticed also um not to stay on this too long but i noticed takahashi has a way of setting up props um he grabs a ton of chairs to to sit a um a pane of glass over them and he he just he grabs them and he knows exactly where to put them um he's got like a grace and a coordination that like uh you're like a marcus crane for instance does not possess <laughs> um yeah. and he just he looks like a fucking architect in there he's got a very um very smooth he, he moves from point to point so well uh really really fantastic and also this pane of glass i think has thumbtacks glued on it is that right yes yeah, so those are the gold thing which is so weird and so like creepy like it looks like sh- elmer's glue was just smothered on this oh fucking- yeah it looks like it looks it looks like <laughs> and they they jerked off an elephant for sure yeah it's so it's it's it's, just, it's, it's they've had better props this is not like their iron cage of doom or something yeah i can like sustain like 500 pounds of fucking uh ryuji ito and uh Abby. yeah they've okay, had that i need Go ahead. I need an Iron Cage of Doom match, and I need this match. You, you, <laughs> I'll, I'll y'all send, gotta send I'll, these to me. Yeah, I'll send you the one, the Cinderblocks one from last year. That's one fucking so funny. In the Little Abbey, uh, Takeda, Takeda feud up to their big title match, and I'll send and the, oh, the uh, tag Takeda, match, right? The tag match. With yeah, with uh, okay. yeah, with uh, Kodaka and Takumi Sakamoto, and I, the uh, 
one of the knives. I mean, they would pull them knives out on each other all, all, yeah, all during that. That's become so a good. thing Takeda does is pull knives on people. <laughs> he, pull, he used to be a box cutter guy. Uh, he's a scissors guy in this mostly, but yeah. knives, especially yeah. in that uh, Abby Like feet, a yeah. Wusthof butcher knife. Uh, the, really, I think I, I want to say that uh, uh, what you were what, what you were saying, Bucky, uh, just a minute ago about uh, the grace at which they set things up, mm. like it's it's almost like in 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 a lot of the death matches I've seen, just watching like uh, old tournament of, of death stuff and sure. like the, just a few because I saw like a Moxley ones, like I went back and watched a lot of those death matches years ago. And uh, it does feel like they take such a long time to set things up. But these matches, there's never a point where you're like, God damn, is this guy going to like build a fucking house or something like that? <laughs> you know, like yeah. everything gets set up really fast and it, it works within the match. The match doesn't feel like it's slowed down because of the deathmatch stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. That, I mean, that's from, that just comes from like, like I said, Big Japan, this is like, these are pro deathmatch guys like an indie guy is like working uh what like maybe at most like is gonna work 10 like 15 deathmatches they're not not that many because they got other shit to do they got pizzas to deliver and shit like (laughs) they got like fucking these are takahashi's working a hundred times a year maybe for big japan and roughly 60 of those are going to be in some kind of death match. I mean, it'll just be like tubes and trash cans or something. But it's like you learn to set stuff up for just like and like the little like TV, like taping or in front of like 200 people. But it's like that's when you figure that out. And that's and it's not even like a dojo thing. Like 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 they're torturing. It's like you it's like you, after you finish washing, uh, you know, Jackie Numazawa's balls, you better get that figure out how to put up those uh, the the tubes and the chairs it's like no you just like repetition of just like actual job it's like yeah. the professionalism is so is one of those things where it's weird and it's sometimes it's a little off-putting because it's like it's harder to get into when you like compare it to like like necro butcher and toby klein is like like those are just those guys don't set up spots yeah they yeah. don't they're guys that are just like going to die painfully where yeah. these guys are like I mean, it's a match. Uh, anybody who says the death matches aren't real wrestling, and and I've probably said this in the past. I'm sure you could probably, I don't know where you would hear me say it, but in just conversations, like, oh, that's not real wrestling. Uh, mainly because all of my uh, all of my exposure to it until a couple years ago was Stranglemania. <laughs> Have you that seen is real that? wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that is. But, come on, that was. That was all I saw. It, well, no, the because it, it was like Foley and uh, who was on those Stranglemania match? I can't remember who was on. Onita was on one. Foley was on them and and stuff like that. Have you seen the videos? Um, I watched one of those Stranglemania like VHS tapes in like probably two thousand or something. Um, the one with the FMW matches where they just do commentary over them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'd I love that. I can't say what exactly was on those, but I know that I think one of them had Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. Uh, yeah, it did. It did. And I loved it. I, I thought it was great, but like uh, – Didn't they call him Cactus even, Sack? 
Yes, yeah. and drunk Terry Flunk. There you go. I think is yeah, what they it. said. I haven't thought of that stuff in years. The funniest match on there is uh, uh, I don't know who the guys are, but they just they call them Ponderosa and Sweden House, and they're two big fat guys. And just the whole match is them talking about how they're they're fat guys, and it used to make me laugh so fucking. I don't know if I'd laugh at it now, but goddamn, when I was a teenager, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever um, seen. So Ponderosa versus Sweden House, if I'm not mistaken, is Headhunter A versus Headhunter B. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. I was like two fat guys. I'm like, yeah, it's the Headhunters of Kanemura. Yeah, they it's... called him hungry. They said the H's stood for hungry and heavy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're actually going to cover uh, at, like probably that match, that famous IWA Japan match between the two of them uh, when we do our sweaty fat fox episode. Um, I I think like. I, I do uh, like this is just another le- these like are guys that I don't know this is almost like a good healthy mix of what I like like this is showmanship yeah and it is athletic like th- if you would say that that these two guys aren't athletic if you're fucking lying you know they're as athletic as the guys in new japan really they're just doing one extra thing we gotta get you uh fascinating we gotta get you that uh one of us will send you the asami kodaka versus takeda match from last june um it's it's very much uh just your it's like a really good new japan juniors match like it's like it's like a kushida versus uh like uh Hiromu kind of match but with but it, the entire match is wrestled in glass uh is yeah, basically what it amounts to yeah and and Takeda by the way like is I know I joke around about this like superstar I think he could get over here if you oh, popped yeah. him in AEW or NXT like that dude would be crazy fucking over I'm, I'm always I... positive one of my things I always, we always talk about re- reviving the Urban Wrestling Federation <laughs> like that's one of the things like shout out to bad mac shout out to and all it's like and one of the <laughs> things i always come up with is ice tea having a, a body count as a deathmatch table and it's takeda joan kasai um kenji fukamoto who is just this dude who's a big tubby dude who works corpse paint and like alex cologne yeah like so you have some representation <laughs> so it's not just the but it's like unchained like minoru fujita who's also a wor- world class like all time like legitimate incredible wrestler and it's like these like and it's like there is like legit star power and i you can see like john kasai i mean is is like a legend here for based off of like, yeah he's been stuff, he's been but, around but, like he did on his vacations and yeah he ripped America. his arm almost all the way off as we talked about in our first episode. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, Takeda could do it. I think Takeda, he's been over here a couple times now. He won the Nick age invitational, uh, last year, which I was at, and he was the most over guy in the building. Like, I just imagine what those, I, I mean, just imagine what those like ring of honor type people, would think about him when he took his shirt off and like, you see the scars and shit. I think that they would fucking go crazy for this guy. And he doesn't have to do death matches. You, if you watch, uh, he, he like the, the match he had, uh, you should watch at least his match from Bloodsport. He wrestles ring of honor, uh, superstar himself, Jonathan Gresham. Um, and just a match that where Takeda does bleed, but it's just because his forehead is all fucked up because he's cut himself open so many times. Um, it's just a, it's just a grappling like junior heavyweight, like 
battle art style match. And I think, yeah, there's no reason Takeda has wrestled in all Japan. Um, he dishes around in like DDT and other indies and does non death matches. Um, he, he would be fine. He doesn't have to cut himself to get over. No. And he could, I mean, like if, I'm just using Ring of Honor as like the example because it's a place that I could see it happening at. Yeah. But he could at final battle every year. He could do a fucking death match. Yeah. That's the only one he ever has to fucking do. Yeah. And the guy, he could be. I think he could be very over. I think. I think he's great. And like when you when you see him in person, you fucking like just know that he's important. It's very weird because I didn't know. I'd never seen a single one of his matches at spring break. And uh, and then he came out to corn, and you were transfixed. Yeah, that was a little wild that he came out to corn. I had seen Jimmy Lloyd wrestle. and uh, The different boy. I, yeah, he's – he's. I hated him. Oh, right? yeah? Cause, uh, well, uh, I know it's a, it's a guy that y'all know. I know you guys hate, but uh, Lanza turned me off of him in a weird way. Oh, because man. He was influential – he influenced a lot of my very early kind of uh, moving on from WWE yeah. kind of opinions because I just – It's before you sh- saw his post about Ferguson, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you catch that sh- – well, you know what I think? This is weird. I, I, I'll do like a little tangent on this. But uh, you guys – I don't know if you, you two know, but I am doing a podcast right now about shock jocks. I'm, I'm, it's going to come out in October. Yeah, right, yeah. And it's called Jocktober, and I'm going to talk about different shock jocks. And Joe Lanza is like 100% just Opie and Anthony. Oh, like, for sure. Oh, my God. He, he, his voice is the most yeah. fucking. <laughs> Aesthetically and like and just everything about him, for sure. He listened to them. He, the dude had to have listened to him. He is doing their fucking act like almost 100%. Yeah. And like uh, I'm sure that's why I was – I listened to that show a lot. Like very early on, because it was like putting on old shoes. You know? <laughs> I grew he up is an old fucking Opie shoe, an old racist I, fucking shoe, for sure. <laughs> I grew up listening to, I loved Opie and Anthony. When I was a cable guy, that's like all I listened to. Weird. So, I mean, not yeah, not I, that weird actually, but like I like I, I weird because I can I, I can totally identify with it. I I listened to so much Joe Rogan experience when I was just ah. like. You know, a dirtbag pizza guy. Like I would, I would download those three-hour episodes, and I would listen to three of them on a single shift. And I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, we're the same guy." Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like looking into a mirror that's got ten years on top of it. Like for sure, I, I think that uh, I never got into Opie and Anthony, but like, yeah, there's, there's something about the path um, that leads you, you know, to your, your ultimate fucking enlightenment, and along the way. You're going to listen to Joe Rogan talk about fucking, you know, hanging out in a deprivation chamber. And you're going to think, that sounds cool. I'm going to do that one day. And then you never do. And instead, you, like, turn all of that off. You reject all supremacies. And you figure out, like, I don't I don't need that. I don't need to listen to this guy. But you appreciate that you did and you grew from it. You know? Do you feel like you, you got, like, ultimately something out of listening to Opie and Anthony or Joe Lanza? I'll, I'll say this. Uh, uh, well, first of all, I, I mean, one of the reasons for the Shock Jock show is that I was highly influenced by Opie and Anthony, and so was Felix. And some people sure. would say that me and Felix are two of the, in this sort of circle, two people that influenced a lot of other people. Sure. You know? And, and uh, 
so yeah, I think I was influenced. I think this whole thing, the whole whatever you call I I don't say dirtbag left because it well, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I me and Brett are probably the only real dirtbags. I mean, we were the only ones that like had real jobs and shit. But <laughs> but uh, of this whole circle, yeah, I think it did. I I think that Opie and Anthony has a very weird like influence over the whole thing. Uh, as far as the Lanza stuff, uh, here, here's what I think. There is a time when you're listening, when you get, when I was got very, very, very into wrestling and I wanted to listen to podcasts. Uh, I went to iTunes and uh, I clicked the first ones that I saw. So I was listening to Aubrey Citizen's podcast. Mm. I was listening to Sam Roberts' podcast and the post wrestling guys that when they were on the law, right? And uh, when I stopped kind of watching wwe i needed something else i needed something that covered other stuff yeah and and like a three-hour podcast yeah that talks about wrestling that you've never heard of it's topical they like they have a nice structure they are gonna hit all the points even though their opinions are fucking garbage they like they totally know like those guys have been doing this a a long time they know how to do it like, they know how to do radio, and uh, I think that, like, uh, yeah, the, I don't love a lot of their opinions. And I think they also, like, but but to get back to why they came up is, like, he talks shit about Jimmy Lloyd. But it's, like, that guy, I can't, that guy. I can't imagine Jimmy Lloyd being on his radar. But he has, like, a thing, though, right? Like, he has, like, an, a, a, a certain – you don't ever understand – I mean, it's hard to understand that people have, like, a type. You know, like, Meltzer has a type. Sure. Uh, John Pollock from Post Wrestling has a type. Wade Keller has a type. Me and Siobhan and, have a type. Yeah, and, and Lanza <laughs> likes really fit, athletic guys, and that's, like, all he fucking likes. And he doesn't yes. care about anything else. You know what? Back nothing the, else means anything. Back, this will re- back on Greatest Wrestler Ever was a fucking forum project like uh fucking <laughs> brian do you know about greatest wrestler ever i think i have i think i do yeah <laughs> it, it ruined it a, lot a lot of people. friendships yeah uh but he was making this argument that women could not make his like top 100 because they were not they were not capable athletically and it's like firstly that's insane oh if you feel like manami toyota right? it's like fucking or kyoko in a way it's like they're fucking Asia Kong. I mean, that's like those people are beasts, like like straight up fucking freak athletes. And you're like, but it's also like like compared to what? Like, have you seen Will Ospreay, a man who has the muscle? Like, he has the muscle definition of a fucking Manila envelope. I mean, <laughs> it's like, like like what does this even mean? It just means that he's flippy. Yeah. And he's like, it means it's like people are more athletic. It's like no, they they just do offense. People don't like they the way they like Buddy Rose just was like an amazing bumper, but he had like that guy. He didn't do fucking offense. He could have done a shooting star, a standing shooting star press if he wanted to. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy was doing like the like the Hardy brothers were doing the four fifties like in the nineties, and it's like nobody thought of them as particularly athletic, even though they were both like. Got college scholarship offers. To well, see, here's the thing: they didn't do a backflip and then land on their knee and pose. Like, well, it's a, look, it's all a facade. Meltzer and Lanza both they have this thing, and and like uh, I can tie it to a type of person that I've worked with in my life. Uh, oh, you think there's like, like a greater psychological reason for this? No, it's 
in a way, uh, gullibility a little bit. No, uh, no so shit. I, just, <laughs> I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And there was this guy that I worked with that was just moving up the fucking ranks. You know what I mean? He was mm. just getting raises constantly, right? And uh, all he did all day was every time the manager looked at him, he walked really fast and started pointing at stuff. He never did any work. He never did a <laughs> fucking thing. He walked really fast and pointed at stuff. But the managers were like, oh, shit, I just like to see a guy that walks really fast and points at stuff. That means work. And, like, so I think a lot of these dudes that, like, really like Kenny Omega <laughs> or that really like Will Ospreay, like, of course, Kenny Omega looks like he's – to me, Kenny Omega looks like he's doing a lot because he runs very fast. He when does he that does little everything. hop before he runs. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he gives you the illusion that he's gaining speed. Yeah, and he just run, and and those guys just run really fast and they move really fast and they just don't run out of breath. Or yeah. whatever they they like have good cardio. And, yeah, when and cardio them, became the number one thing for wrestling, it just it all <laughs> it all died for me. You're exactly right, though. It is it that is what they like. They the, like they would never admit this, but essentially Joe Lanza likes to watch people with good cardio. Yeah. Like, they should just watch people do fucking CrossFit thing. then. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> now that's a podcast to listen to. Um, <laughs> Said I would like to end up by the top of this hour, but we can we can carry on for until like... you have as much time as you need. I okay. was supposed to record with Brace tonight, but it's not happening. So okay. how's he doing? I uh, I, lo- I, I like that guy. I like the he's guy broke, but uh, when he records with me, we send him money, and I want to send him some jewel pack jewel, right. jewel pods. I haven't seen him since. So, uh, I, me and him haven't been able to do a show together for a while, so we haven't been able to talk. But he's the best guy in the world. Is he is still out in San Francisco? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, he just uh, he. Sh- I- I'll say this: he should have sold the rights. His life. Yeah, rights. yeah. No, I, I love that story. If people don't know what we're talking about, uh, Piss Pig Granddad um, is obviously. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, we'll just, I'll just lay it out real quick. Uh, he's just a weird Twitter fucking weirdo, like, who posted jokes and then uh, decided to go and fight in the, uh, what is it, the 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 Syrian, uh, like, Liberation Army? What's, what's the name of it? I, I can't went, even. He went to fight for uh, the YPG, which the is YPG. a Kurdish. Yeah, which is. I mean, I'm not going to get, but it's like fight, mostly fighting ISIS and the sort of like primarily fighting ISIS, and it's like, well, ISIS are bad, and it's like, yeah, uh, they're not like, it's like complicated any, like, Assad's army or anything. It's like, yeah, it's very difficult. Like uh, him actually going over there, so he yeah, he dropped all his shit and went over there, and he still posted from Syria, 
and like went through like fucking military training. It, it's a, and then he came back. He went on some podcasts, and some fucking movie studio offered to like pay him to option his story for a script, and he told him to fuck off. And I think that. So, like Jake Gyllenhaal was going to play him or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 I'll say this for anybody that like is like, oh, he. Uh, I, I've had this conversation with him a million times. Like a lot of people think it was a conspiracy and that he's like CIA or something like that because oh, sure. he fought for the YPG because it because he fought for the YPG and they have some weird ties to something, and uh, he went over there because he's a punk guy and he just does things, and he yeah. said, hey, those people say they're communist. I want to fight with them. Yeah. And that's, like, what it is. He's just a guy that does stuff. Yeah. He you doesn't... Know? Yeah, I would say, as with my, using my very uh, fucking tanky, uh, the YPG thing is, like, th- they're kind of fighting a... Uh, Either you, we either you die now or we'll kill you later. Thing, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I don't judge them. I really can't. I don't. And Brace is just like he just said, like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna do it." Uh, what? Are yeah. you, I'm not doing shit. Yeah. I'm gonna do He's this, a- and whatever happens, happens. And I, you know what? I fucking I feel that. I don't think I. I fucking feel that. I can't. He went. He went on punk rock tours when he was 16. He toured this entire country, 50 state or 48 or whatever states and tours when he was still a fucking teenager he is really just a guy that like everybody we all wish we were in a way you know we we all wish we were just able to fucking just i want to do this i'm gonna fucking do it and i can't do it i've seen shit we couldn't even imagine and that's that's really cool. Uh, he's uh, you guys still do once monthly with him, right? Let's go ahead and up, do a plug here about. for Street Fight Radio and the Street Fight Radio pre- Patreon. Five dollars a month gets you all those third shows, access to I believe the uh, the Undercover Boss streams. Oh yeah, that's a <laughs> hey, look. If I I'll say this, it's one of my favorite things that we do. Yeah, it's I've only watched the- one, and I fucking had such a good time, and then I, I always forget that it's a thing. I know people don't really take advantage of it. Most of the people that subscribe to that video tier are just doing it because they want to give us five dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, you should watch those videos. It's so fun. It's like our we have the most fun doing that. I yeah. think over any of the other so Colin shows kind of fun sometimes. But uh, the Colin the, uh, show is three hours, man. It's so hard to listen to a three hour show. I say that yeah, as a person you, who has a three hour podcast. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's hard to do a three-hour show. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know how you guys would ever do – how how you two would ever be able I, – I don't know how to do three hours without well, – we, uh, we watch five Dustin Rhodes matches. Um, <laughs> we have like a 20-minute piss slash smoke break in the middle, and uh, then I try to edit it, but then I decide it's too much work, and I'll just, I'll just leave it all in. <laughs> yeah, I need callers to do th- – like the call-in show is three hours out of necessity – you can't do a call-in show in one hour. Yeah. It's fucking possible, especially with our listeners who never want to stop talking. Yeah. And, like, three hours – I mean, that's why all those shows – all call-in shows are, like, you know, two to three hours. And three hours is easy when it's your job. But, like, when it's not your job and you have to go to a real job and you have to talk for three hours, right. I – my hat is off to you because I you have to prep a show. I I there no prep goes into the call in show. That's all the listeners driving sure. that show, and it's very easy to do. We have fun but, though. We I mean like I love doing the show. I'm after we get off the phone, I'm going to work. Like I'm I, I <laughs> I'm do gonna, you get 
Uh, go ahead. Do you get burned out though? Like I know oh, you all the time. A, I know you two do a bunch of pot. You do more than just this. Yeah, I was doing and three. Like, uh, uh, now I only do two. People <laughs> know the story. How often do you record? Um, so we we record this one once a week, once every two weeks usually. Um, we're not on a strict schedule. And then the Bill Podberg Goldcast, of course. Uh, everybody <laughs> out there knows about the Bill Podberg Goldcast. Um, we usually, we, since those can tend to be anywhere from 20 to 50 minutes long, we'll record two or three at once and then I'll just release them weekly. Um, but the editing I, stuff, so it's lazy. like a whole thing. It's like a whole, <laughs> I, I started this year burned out like really bad, like in January and this, anybody that works a real job is going to hate me for this, but I was so, <laughs> so burned out and I was like, I'm going to go fucking, I've been doing, I've done two pot three podcasts a, two at least two podcasts a week for 8 years and never missed a week over those 8 years and any week you can say ho oh, but there were weeks where a podcast didn't show up that's because i was doing live shows 3 days that week mm-hmm. out on the fucking road and i hadn't had a vacation uh so we scheduled one that starts at the end of this month, and I, I'm taking a radio guy vacation. I'm taking Hell three yeah. weeks off. <laughs> no, man, that's a long time. And look, it doesn't matter if you're not like you, you're not on a, like a fucking corporate payroll, but you are adhering to a schedule. You are working a fucking schedule, just like any other person. And that that is eight years without a fucking vacation. I mean, look, I'm going on a few years without one myself, but like, I, it's it's not easy. It's it's not easy when regardless you... of what you do. My my recommendation to people that have even real jobs is like when you start to get time, take a week. Like don't do that thing. So many yeah. people like have a real job and they get like two or three weeks of vacation a year and, and they, they take it like sp- when they need it. Fuck that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Or they take like Oh, I like I just took off all the Thursdays and Fridays for this month. And it's like, no, <laughs> take a fucking whole week. Just oh, take man. You want to know the real fucking brainworm shit is those people who let it build up and then they have it paid out as a lump sum at the end of the year. (laughs) Those people are fucking stupid, and I cannot understand that that point of view. Uh, I know a lot of people who did that, and it's just – it's insane. I didn't – I didn't go to fucking – I just, like, stopped going to fucking high school and homebound because I can fucking go to every – like, I I can't imagine that. That's, like, the most – I, I would fight those people on the street. I can't – like that's unacceptable to me. Don't do it. Don't do your – it's not your thing. So no one gives a shit. Nobody, yeah. You don't exist except just, just fucking watch TV. Yeah. Take the day off. Fucking what watch gonna, TV. What are you going to do with that mu- – What are, I always used to get so like fire and, – and Bucky working in a warehouse, you'll totally get this, is there's these people that work in these places that are like – I'll work all the overtime they'll give me. Yep. I'll work I'll seven work days, se- 60 hours a week, seven days. And then you're like, oh, oh, really? You're probably making good money. And I can make a shitload of money. Yeah. And then you're like, what? for what? Like, what What are you doing? I, I always <laughs> assume the they're trying to pay their child support. That's what I always assume. Yeah, uh, yeah I, like remember, remember, like the, like the you get like those stories about like the uh, San Francisco transit worker who works like a hundred and twenty hours a fucking week <laughs> and ends up making like. A hundred and fifty grand a year. Yeah, what is he doing? Like, I I mean, he's literally just working every single fucking. Like, he's never not working, and he gets good at overtime and all that. But it's like, that's nothing for all of the work. Yeah, her hourly that's fucking nothing, and it's because he has to fucking pay for San Francisco rent and all of that (laughs) fucking shit. Yeah, he's just trying to live a normal life. (laughs) 
Yeah, that dude is like that dude is not like some leech off of the government. That is just like fucking. I mean, if that's what you want to go, I can't. I'm not going to shit on that. But it's like, yeah, people I, are going to live their lives. Do shit on that, like, it's yeah. like this government leech. It's like no, but it's like like if you have a chance to fucking not do something, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Exactly. I <laughs> love that. Doing shit. It's terrible. I love taking it. any uh, amount of taking taking of taking a week off is like such it's like almost your depression can i mean you can take acid during that week you can almost you can do anything you want at that time and like not have to worry about the job you uh the anxiety kind of goes away at the very beginning of it until about the last saturday like until like two days before then the anxiety comes back (laughs) like you know you feel the anxiety going away and shit and you're just like holy shit you know i i used to have like the worst panic attacks at the end of my week vacations like oh now is when i come back and they fire me but then like they never did and the last time i worked i took so I had I had three weeks of vacation. I took it all at the same time, and then the day I was supposed to be back, I quit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's how I got that's out of the go. real work world. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I took you so far off of the death matches now. No, I'll, I'm going to let you get back. I'll help <laughs> with the segue this time. All right, all right, um, all right. Yeah, let's let's do the second one. Um, Christmas time, right? Um, Christmas time. Yeah, December seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. This is a uh, what is that? What was it called here? I had it written down. It says Christmas. Death Blast. Vegas. Yeah, de- from Death Vegas, of course, <laughs> uh, from Yokohama Bunkai Gym. Uh, the the subtitle, at least in the text on the screen on the graphic, said "Dangerous Christmas for Deathmatch." So okay. that's uh, yes. <laughs> they've got a a, a green um, like lit up tower of light tubes in the shape of a Christmas tree with garland around it. That I couldn't tell was it barbed wire or was it just garland. <laughs> There was, I think there was some barbed wire there. Um, it, it had, it was, there were, of course, the, uh, it, the, t- the tubes themselves weren't lit up, but the, uh, there were Christmas lights around it. Okay. And you can see the power strip, which, hell yeah, very, yeah. you know, electrified, like the electrified gimmick is always so funny. Yeah. Uh, you don't see it in Japan that often. Um, there was a glass pane that they just spray painted a lot. Yeah, it said Merry um, Christmas on it. It was great. It was beautiful. Um, and we get, um, and we get Takeda brings out a Christmas present, I think. And, right. uh, because it's, it's an, it's a alpha death match, which is one of the stupidest things. It doesn't mean anything. Brian, what that means is it's it what? just means you get to bring a weapon with you. Okay. Ah, but it's okay. like, I, yeah, that's like, and you see like the alpha symbol and it's like, what the fuck does that mean? That I've never even mean, noticed that. Means, I didn't know it was even a thing. That's great. It's so weird. And, but yeah, and, uh, Takahashi brings out more glass. Yeah. He just came up with more glass. light tubes. And Takeda, he has a Christmas gift, and it is a sh- uh, spoiled because it gives a shit. Is a Christmas cake, which yeah, is a which Japanese thing. They they said uh, you can hear the commentator say, "Oh, Christmas cake!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, hell yeah!" With sharpened pencils and forks in it. Was it's it pencils? made out of foam? Pencils, yeah. Oh my god, I thought it was skewers. I watched this on my phone. I watched this no, no, in the toilet. The, you can see the graphite tip. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Oh. It is crazy. <laughs> it, it the 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 pencils 
Like I've had a pe- I remember getting pencils like lead stuck in my hand, fucking around with go. my friends, Call stabbing each other and stuff. My and, famous uh, uh, pencil in the neck story. Yeah, that's yeah. the fucking worst shit. Yeah. Oh god. Siobhan has taken a pencil in the neck and swallowed a staple. So. Oh man, why did you? <laughs> oh, why did you take a pencil in the neck? I just felt I, I was di- I, I was diving off of my bed or whatever the fuck, and I just there was a pencil in my bed because I was it was a Sensonatomico. <laughs> Yeah, I was sort of doing homework. <laughs> I mean, I was really watching Insomniac with Dave Attell. And oh, hell yeah. Doing the homework. And there, but there was a pencil in the bed because I was trying to do the homework ostensibly. But no, I fucking just – I just said fuck. And I have a I pencil it. in the back of my neck. Uh, and there's – yeah. We also <sighs> we'll also get my other uh, traumatic injury from watching uh, Kid Notorious with Robert Evans uh, in the next match with Soda Can Board. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> that was Soda fucking can. awesome. My wife was sitting in the room while I watched these. She, we were, I was like oh, no. watching them on my laptop in my bed. My wife was just like looking at her phone and I was like, check this out. And she saw it and she was like, don't show me shit <laughs> like this. Yeah. Yeah. No, my <laughs> wife – your wife's cool as shit. I've heard her on the, on the shows before. Uh, our wives would definitely get along and bond over, over just – being embarrassed by us uh, <laughs> it's all right so the, the the garbage bucket of glass dump it on the mat i love that um takahashi is a guy i noticed uh here that he bleeds a lot off of not like a ton of shit which i guess is just like fresher skin maybe i don't know i don't know if he's just sort of new to the whole thing or what um one of the one of the early moments of this is of course um takeda pulls out the scissors and you notice the crowd doesn't like really respond much because it's not a very visual uh, sort of weapon. It's kind of hard to sell the no. scissors as something that's that you know because it, it's a fucking pair of scissors. I mean, it's great. It's a household instrument. You you know you you're scared of cutting your own finger off or whatever. But it's such a strange thing to see in a match like this, and it doesn't. It's not like a big prop, so the crowd isn't super into it. Um, but the big first moment of the match for me is Takeda or Takahashi spine busters for lack of a better term, Takeda into the light tube Christmas tree and the top half like folds in on him, like wrapping around and sm- uh, smacking him in the face and chest. It was like 10 feet of light tubes and he, it just crumples in on him and that, that looked bad. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Really uh... bad. Uh, do you have any Brian? Did any did any spots like stick out to you in in this or or in the other one that like just you you were I don't want to say shocked by but that stood out above all the other stuff because Shivana and I watched so many of these matches that a lot of stuff I'm just like oh cool there's very few things that I'm like oh fuck like I I think I'm affected weirdly by the safety nerds on on like a lot of the podcasts the the. Your John Pollock's, your like the mainstream Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, yeah. where I'm so affected by these safety nerds that the spots that freaked me out, the only times I like was like, oh no, it's like they they really drop each other on their heads. You yeah. know what I mean? There's a lot of dropping each other on their heads and their necks, like near <laughs> the end of these matches. That I'm like, oh my god, that looks like it fuck you up, you know? And and uh, I like the. Now I don't know if they're pulling it or whatever, but there's 
they have shoot that that they almost look like shoot punches to the face. Yeah, you it's know? one of Takeda's signature spots is like the the for real fucking punch uh, to the jaw. He he whips it out a couple times uh, in this one, I think, or maybe just once. Uh, that and like just shoot headbutts. Like that stuff is it. It works you in can, your brain because you have or have seen someone experience it before. Like getting headbutted fucking sucks. The, yeah, can, yeah, the coconut clanking sort of sound. Yeah, like, oh, the sound is also horrifying. Um, the, it's interesting that like Dave Meltzer is like a safety guy about like head drops or whatever when he is so in love with New Japan. Um, they uh, so just again this this is just like seamless shit. Everything moves along at such a nice pace. Um, like for instance, Takeda goes for the Danny Havoc uh, light tube dragon suplex where he puts the light tubes behind the head and the light tubes don't break, uh, which normally if it was Danny Havoc in there, Danny Havoc would like mumble along to the next spot and not know exactly how to transition it. But here they just go with the flow. Takeda picks up those fucking, that bundle of tubes and just smashes him over the face with them. And they move seamlessly to the next moment, seamlessly to the next moment. It's just fantastic. That he kind of abandoned over the last year that he was really, he loved in that run. And it worked like once out of ten times. It had like a terrible rate of Danny Havoc was great at doing that. It's very strange but, that he'd be better at that than anybody else. Yeah, he could do like the backslide onto the tubes too. That was like one of yeah. Weirdly, he had good luck with tubes. But and to it's, but it's American fuck, tubes so though. We talked about this briefly on another episode. Is um, is there like a difference between American and, and like Japanese light tubes? Is like the the thickness of the glass different? Is like the gauge or like the diameter different? Um, I I I remember there was some game changer wrestling post where they were talking, or maybe it was Vicious Outcast. Uh, they were talking about for fans bring the weapons match, please only bring this specific type of light tube. Um, I guess because it breaks better, and I, well, I it's. The cancer I, dust too. There's like a, there's a <laughs> they they claim that there's like a, a cancer dust in certain light tubes. Sure. So you have to bring a specific kind that apparently doesn't have the cancer dust in it, which I guarantee has the cancer yeah, dust in it. No, for real. Yes. When we would do them, because my friends were when I was backyard wrestling, uh, when we would do light tubes, we would always uh, like just figure out a way because usually you can like sort of break off the the end part that goes in that like you know conducts the electricity or whatever um, that you could just sort of break that piece off um, and then pour out all the, all the dust. And we thought that was safer. So we would always do that, but it wouldn't look as good usually because the dust is fucking beautiful. It's an explosion of cancer. It's fucking gorgeous. It's, I think it has, I think you have to leave the end. It didn't, did it pop? Cause when I saw um, Jimmy Lloyd and, and Takeda, those things were popping. Yeah. And it was such a cool noise. It's I didn't like hear that on here, but yeah. Yeah, it's I I do think there's a different sound to Japanese tubes. I I uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows the answer. They're to this more question. wind chimey. They're more way more wind chimey. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They've got a That's they, perfect, Savon. Yeah. yeah. Why did I say your name wrong this it's time? Tough. I've been saying it right. I always I I've said her name so many different ways. Um it's it's it's, okay. it's a it's a dumb fucking name. No. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. It's it just is. hard it's just hard, uh, to, no. hard to figure it out. Uh the Christmas um, cake. Uh I I, dozens of forks. I have skewers written down, but it, it was pencils. Um, it's just so, so nutty. It's so strange. Um, 
what what is he? He ends up taking the that backdrop into the face buster move. The first match he took it through the log cabin of light tubes. This time he takes it kind of like balls first. Yeah, um, it's balls and stump. I was I was actually saying fucking. I was like I saw him. I was like, oh, that's the balls. That's the balls. That is, <laughs> yeah, it's that's it's. Just... it's it, it was smart how he did it. I felt like, like, because he hit kind of it. Yeah, the balls in the ass, but you're wearing jeans, and if you land on your feet first, it might not stab you in the balls and ass. Right. Well, it's also better than going face first. Um, the uh, like the the match with Violento Jack, where he takes all the skewers in the face. Um, like that's that's a horrifying thing. So like I I, I think this is a, probably a safer bump than. <laughs> Than could have happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, so, yeah. the They have a big uh, hot near fall after that. After Takahashi hits the jackhammer, which is his finish. Um, and I, I, I bought on that as, as the finish. I don't know why. Because uh, I'd already seen this match one. And also, I knew that he didn't win the title back here. But for whatever reason, I watched this at like 5 a.m. in the bathroom of the warehouse. Um, on my phone while taking notes. Um, and also, I, I didn't mention it before, but the VTR, like the opening video, uh, I watched actually on my, my 5 a.m. break, and I, I showed a little bit of it to uh, a guy I work with. And he said, he actually said, uh, I wrote down, let's see here. Uh, he said, what the fuck? Don't they know that shit gives you cancer? And I said, no, I don't think they know about the cancer. <laughs> they all know about the cancer. <laughs> the cancer is, uh, I yeah. mean, everything fucking gives you cancer anyway. Yeah, man, it, it's fine. It's it, you know, it's not like they, it's not like they like break glass over their heads. Like they, they don't break light tubes over their heads when they're like sitting at home watching TV or like on breaks or just as like a hop, a daily hobby. That's the thing know? in the in the forty year old version, they hit each other with light tubes on their on their break outside of the <laughs> the electronics store. I actually just watched that, uh, watched a little bit of that a few weeks ago, and man, it's bad. It really doesn't hold up at all. Um, no Judd Apatow movie holds up. I, I it's impossible wonder. for those movies to hold up. I impossible. Uh, I, I, I don't have much of an opinion on any of the others, but I always did like that one. Uh, I liked Superbad, right? Oh, like, Superbad's cool. I, we watched I, that a couple years ago, and I thought it was still good. I watched Booksmart, which is like supposed to be the new Superbad, and it is not. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's out it's, now, isn't it? It's, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's Distaff, uh, Superbad, but I heard it was basically just... Like it's basically just Lady Bird, but with two. Oh, it cool. might as well. Lady Bird's been... all right. I like that movie. It... All right. Well, it Tiffany Chalamet's well... line where he says, uh, "What does he say?" Ah, uh, fuck. I'll find it. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> it just might as well have been two thirty-year-old women. Like it was. The, the, there was no like teenage. Yeah. They they didn't seem like teenagers. Like they had a an Elizabeth Warren twenty twenty bumper sticker on their car. Hell yeah. <laughs> driving a Volvo. And I think the joke was that, you know, but it didn't work. That like the I nerds. Took, it's like yeah. the yeah. shit. The joke was they were serious. Yeah. I because I'm I'm forty and my daughter is fourteen and we went to see it together and neither one of us liked it. So I don't really know who it's for. <laughs> It's it's for, it's for forty year old women, yeah. It's uh, it's it's vicarious living, which I support. But I support that through uh, spider German, through spray painted Christ, uh, Christmas like not Christmas glass paint. That's the, spy- the head drop of the German match. That's fucking. That's that. I think that's the most iconic um, spot from this match. It was I remember sick. shit from that. Yeah. 
It was sick. I wish Dave Meltzer watched this shit, man. I really wish he had watched. Do you think he watched it? No. He watches one every like every year. I think he has um, a rating on Kodaka Takeda. I'm gonna. Right. Like I'm gonna be right off, back. You guys, keep, sure you guys keep going. I gotta. I gotta do a, a child thing. Hang on. You guys keep well, going he, though. He because I, I know that like the the rap on him is that he only watches WWE and New Japan, but he does. Every once in a while, come up with an all Japan match or, or something like that. I, it's I very wonder. Weird. It's it's someone if someone tells him because he had that thing where he gave the five stars to the Jack uh, Zack Saber Junior. Uh, a kid match that happened like eight months before, la- like last year, he, like decided, <laughs> and it was just like, and it was like totally like someone just told him to watch that, and he gets told to watch it. Like I know, like we know he's like his sources. Uh, he, like he'll have an opinion. I'll be like, uh, Kansuke Takashita is like he's one of the best talents in Japan. Japan, and it's like he has watched like two matches of his maybe but he knows that <laughs> kenny omega likes him because kenny omega wrestled with him in ddt and he's like oh yeah this kid's amazing and it's like oh i trust kenny you know you know man i made him sound like jimmy stewart but his voice is not that much different <laughs> he's, uh, he's a trip he's so weird to me like he dave Meltzer is i think one of the most endlessly fascinating people i always say this but you know like i can't think of his name uh shit um the guy who did like the thin blue line and mr death um the documentary Uh, i i know who you're talking about i just don't know i I can get the name in like two seconds and of course yeah i always say he would be like the perfect subject for one of those or where it's like just like this person who is weird and fascinating and has something to them they're not like an absolute zero but they're so muddled as to what it is like a temple grandin or like or you know someone who's like done the, like who is like a the utmost in their field like they are a one in a million person yeah and then they, and then he just started making the movies about the one of robert mcnamara is all right but then like but Robert McNamara was so fucking old and so removed from all of that shit. Then, like, the Rumsfeld and, like, the Steve Bannon ones. Like, who gives a fucking shit? Steve Bannon makes his own movies. Yeah, Errol <laughs> like, Morris. Like, Errol, Errol Morris, Moore. yeah. I, was, I thought of his fucking son earlier when you said, like, the drug. Uh, like, the like uh, which, you know, it's like, oh, his sh- like, his son, the Psychonaut, who had the show on Vice that I don't think is still. I never watched because it didn't look good. I just and would I just like be on between like I was the commercials for in between like reruns of It's Always Sunny and I just be like that guy that's what you get when your dad's a famous uh, documentarian I guess you get to be a psychonaut and just and not just a pillhead yeah <laughs> it's it's the thing you're you're totally right about this too and, and like just even getting a normal person I I would love to hear I would love to see what. I always am curious when he talks about like his son and when he talks about, you know, what he does and shit like that. And, and like, he, I don't know. He doesn't like, he doesn't understand irony at all. Like he can't detect sarcasm or irony, which is incredible. And like, he really control, he all up until about the past maybe year, he really did control the the narrative of what wrestling was. What is good wrestling, and uh, he controlled that. And and then you know, I don't think he loses any. I don't think he loses any kind of stuff for his like relationship with the the Bucks and Omega and stuff like that. Like I don't think he he loses any prestige or something there because I don't think a critic is a job that lends itself to objectivity. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's had relationships with those kinds of people, like Ric Flair, famously, 
has been a source of his for forever. That's part of why Ric Flair is regarded so highly as like an actual great wrestler, not just the guy who won a bunch of titles, is because he was always giving stuff to Meltzer because he fucking knew because Ric Flair knows how to work. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew, and like, and like when that famous, like, you remember the CM Punk in Chicago thing, right? Yeah. That was that was that was Flair gave it to Dave Meltzer. Everybody knows that that like everybody is one hundred percent certain because nobody else would have had that. And that was like Vince or Triple H like doing like the like testing Flair if he would do it or not. I think, and it's just like that's just the weird like, and he has he's cultivated those sorts of relationships with certain people. It's just like, like uh, Rovert, Rovert, and. Uh... And Summer Ray, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, when I first started, like, following wrestling on Twitter, like, a lot, I was convinced that Summer Ray was a genius that wasn't getting to wrestle because a fucking rover was always talking about her. And I just, I thought rover was, like, I thought rover was basically Meltzer, you know? <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that, like. He is and he isn't. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is he's actually not that far off because similar to Meltzer, I'm convinced that uh, neither of them actually watch wrestling. Um, they they don't they don't write any sort of like proper criticism or theory or any analysis. They just they'll say this was good. Here's the star rating, and here's what I hear is happening at the next big show. Like it's the laziest version of of it's reporting. It's like not even journalism. It's just fucking reporting. It's... And yeah, they're good info and disinfo. Like one of the Bucks past, like after uh, Bushi uh, criticized them, uh, cr- said that like nobody likes the all uh, foreigner junior heavyweight tag matches. They never over, which is one hundred percent true. And one of that, and Meltzer immediately was like, "Well, I heard the Bushi's hard to work with," and it's like, "Oh, we know exactly. who told you that, man. It was <laughs> it was one of the Jackson brothers. That's, we know that." Yeah. You know that it was like, and it was just like you've never had an opinion on Tetsubushi in your life, dude. I have, but now you did. It yeah. was so good. Yeah, I, I was. We, at, we, we're not uh, allowed to talk about the, the young bucks on the show. <laughs> They're on the. Shit I was list, at a, the Duke. I was list. at a thing. I was at a thing. Uh, one uh, in New Orleans, one of the big Evolve shows, the WWN Super Show, mm-hmm. which by the oh, way, Mercury Rising. A, yes, and there was a match <laughs> that I thought was really, really great with two guys that I'm not that into and i'll let i'll let you two make fun of me here in a minute but uh dave was there dave Meltzer was there and he sat in the audience with a laptop in his lap <laughs> and was like typing while he was watching this wrestling match. was it osprey was... versus riddle yeah yeah that sounds like <laughs> a was... dave laptop match <laughs> <laughs> if you were there i i just being in the room that thing i don't know it it's one of those ones that tra- – cuz I don't like Matt Riddle at all. Like I I just think he stinks. I yeah. like everything about Matt Riddle. I don't like Osprey has done stuff that I like, you know? Like I I I don't know if he's like my favorite wrestler. He's kind of corny. He dresses like a Lord of the Rings guy. I don't like Great music, get fantastic that. entrance music. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think Riddle to me is like they say he's WWE's next great superstar. That if they can create him into a superstar, that he's going to be the guy. But like, he's a dude where I I like I don't see it at all. And and I'm wrong more than likely. You know, it's probably my me being wrong. But uh, 
I don't see it. I think his gimmick sucks. I, I think don't think it's. I don't talk. think he's that level of like star. I don't. I don't think he could be. At least not in that system. Yeah. I think I think he, I love the guy, but like I don't. Yeah, and he, I think he also ebbs and flows. I think like his early, like it's so weird to say his earliest, but he got the the more like he got exposure. I I say like legitimately like the, after he first went to uh, the UK, that was when he got unnoticeably worse. Yeah, but, he, he picked up the like, tendencies of the people around him in the worst possible way, similar to like a Kurt Stallion did, or you know, like uh, there's a another really good example that I'm drawing a blank on. But like, uh, well, fuck it up so easily. We could just say David Starr. Yeah, David Starr is also you know, and David just Starr is corny who... as hell for other reasons. But like, yeah, I, I think I think that Riddle is not the next big fucking thing there. Um, I I, do. I don't think he's the next big thing anywhere. I think he's like a mid card dude, like a but Dolph was, Ziggler. Though. Like he 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 was he drew like well I don't know if he drew I don't know if anybody draws in indies but. Uh, Riddle on top at Evolve uh, made sense. It was some of the best stuff they, in my opinion, that they did uh, in that period. And like you know, he he was big in fucking Progress and VXV. Is how I say that WXW. <laughs> um, like he's he's like a a known quantity in uh, like numerous territories. I I think he was super over. He sold a ton of merch. Uh, probably sold like all kinds of like was given lots of drugs, right? Like I'm sure. Lucky, lucky. Well, that's just <laughs> you know, that's the reason you can... go into show business, right? He can't. I don't think he he can do stand in the ring promos. I think that'll be the, the no. issue. Is why you can't. Why I'll yeah. on WWE well, who, as that level. Who of this but nobody can do that? Exactly, okay. but it's like those aren't good. But it's like there's literally like you can do them, and then I can't imagine him speaking in the ring. I can imagine Seth mm-hmm. Rollins speaking in the ring. He's done it for several years now. He's terrible at it. He's never gotten better. But he can he can literally do it. I can't imagine Matt Riddle even doing that for a second. It would be I can imagine Roderick Strong being more natural at doing that. I can imagine any like so many Matt Riddle's like, charisma is totally off the cuff to me. Like I don't buy that for one fucking second. That how he would be so weird in that role. And it's and all I, you, I don't know. You no, were saying um, you don't know that anybody can. Uh, I here's the thing. I think there is a guy in NXT that can totally do that. But uh, I, I think there's a guy in NXT that can totally do it, but he'll, Vince McMahon will never use him, and that's Adam Cole. He's the only. I thought guy you were going to say Eric Bugenhagen. Well, he yeah, Triple H loves well, Triple H loves Adam Cole. He reminds him of himself and of Trip and of Shawn Michaels too much. He'll he'll do okay. He'll get sab- like, he'll end up get sabotaged by Triple H, but he'll give him enough of a run because he he fits that sort of thing. <laughs> all right, we got to okay, start about Adam Cole. Everyone. We got to we got to start about Adam Cole. Our... I got to go to work in twenty minutes, y'all. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Our... Um, Sumo Hall. Okay, so let's talk about our main event time. Main yeah. event. So this right. is the culmination of year plus title reign. Takeda uh, had that absolute classic with Kadaka in June of 2018. Uh, he elevated Broken Down, Ryuji Ito, and Abdullah Kobayashi to probably the best singles matches they've had in years. And then it also coincided with his awesome uh, Freedoms title run with matches against Jun Kasai, uh, the aforementioned Violento Jack match where he gets the skewers stuck in his face. Um, uh, Mito Extremo, Mito Extremo yeah. on July 4th, of course, and then also won the, the Nick Gage Invitational, which I, as have mentioned before, <laughs> was there for. Um, so Takahashi comes out with a ball of barbed wire attached to a chain, which is more uh, medieval weaponry. Yeah, uh, fucking barbed wire meteor hammer, which kicks ass. Yeah, it's, That's uh, one, uh, it's a his... flail is what I, what I found. I googled it, uh, 
and apparently that's a that's a type of flail. And he comes and a big bag of salt. Yeah, I thought it was. So he comes out with this big bag, and I thought it was a bag of concrete. Oh. Me too. <laughs> I, at first, I thought it was concrete, and then I racistly thought it was rice for some reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rice, I, I rice felt bad thinking about it, but it's the kind of bag they put fucking rice in. Rice people probably put rice sucks in, not to Japanese step on. people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, B- BJW runs Sumo Hall like once a year or every every other year or something. Once a year. It dep- uh, this year it was later because there are renovations and shit. Okay. Right. Um, so yeah, we've got some we've got some cool shit out here. We got a fork board. We got a barbed wire spider web. We got a a board with gusset plates and thumbtacks on it. It's not gusset plates. It's this circuit boards, which is the Japanese version, which is such a weird thing. But those also hurt like a motherfucker. Well, they're not Kenzons, though, because they said Kenzons, but they're not. Yeah, well, he ends up uh, – Kata ends up dumping out a bucket full of yeah. excess circuit boards. So that's really Kenzons, funny because so... the, the other two matches, he dumps a bucket of broken glass out. And so since, he, since they don't have broken glass in this match, he has just a bucket of those things. And he dumps them out. He, smash, he like hammer fists one into his own head. Um, Brian, have you seen have you seen a weapon like that before? Is this your first time with like the gusset plate style thing? Well, they did the. Uh, I thought they were yes. They did that in in spring break, I believe. They okay. did somebody had uh, which is psycho to fucking bang something into your head oh, and yeah. then smack. Well, how do they? Uh, I mean, it makes me almost kind of want to try it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I just know that the, like with the gussets and with the they call them gadget boards, but they're just they're circuit boards. And, like they just stick. They just stick, and they like you can just pound them and they will stay the fuck in, and they are crazy. Yeah. Um, we How get bad the bar. Do you think it hurts though. Like where do you where do you think the the pain level is on a scale of one to ten? Like is it probably like a two or three? Right? Like because they do um, it so and they smash each smash it into each other's heads. Like it's pretty crazy, right? That yeah. if it hurts really bad, it depends. Then... It depends on your on your on the fucking on your skull first of all. Um, <laughs> I think pulling it out in certain cases is going to be worse. Obviously, those didn't go in very far, but there's. Pretty legendary footage of Abdullah Kobayashi came over to work Tournament of Death. Um, and then I think the same thing happened to Jeff Cannonball, um, where yeah. they took the, the Kenzon, and then you, they put the Kenzon in the head, and then he get hit in the head with a chair. And it really gets impacted in there, like 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 a good fucking like half inch or more into your fucking head. Um, and the, the footage of them pulling that out of... Uh, and actually, the I believe it's the Kobayashi one, is um, you can see it in the... Uh, what's his name? The guy from Fucked Up, Damian Abraham. Damian Abraham. Yeah, his uh, his he did a uh, for Vice. He did a, like a documentary thing that's on YouTube, uh, where he went to to Tournament of Death, and there's good footage of of that, I believe, or maybe that's the Jeff Cannonball one. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the Jeff Cannonball. Okay, but I need the Damian Abraham gig. That's, yeah, I need that job. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, take my shirt your... off as much as him. I I can't do that. I can't do it. You get your fucking soda can board. That, those are so <laughs> fucked up. I can't deal with it. Yeah. Those, those, uh, I, I actually looked up what those cans were. Um, they, I, I googled it and I found out it's uh, it's a a brand called Boss Coffee or Bossu Coffee, uh, owned by Centauri. Uh, Centauri branded canned coffee and tea beverages. Uh, and I wondered if Samurai TV got paid by Centauri for the. The very nice close-up of those half cans with jagged edges. I mean, I've cut myself like making bowls 
and okay. shit out of uh out of God, I haven't done that. I called it pop hands. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I've cut myself on that and it just will never stop bleeding. It's terrible. (laughs) It's a bad cut. It's a bad thing to get cut on. Um I don't think I've ever cut myself on a can before, but obviously Siobhan's got a story about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's not, it's just like, I just cut myself. I was just like cutting them up because it was just, I just had nothing better to do. And I cut she was myself a broken while watching teenager. Kid <laughs> hey, I was an, I was a broken preteen. I was 11 yeah. years old. Which, <laughs> I'm, I'm with I was, you though. I'm, I did those, it too. Those are fucking, on um, the barb. This is, okay, so we, so without, Kasuma Hall, of course, has a box seating, so you can't have, for legal liability reasons, you can't fucking do broken glass and right. spooky dust and all that shit. No so light tubes allowed, no glass allowed. And because just, but, and it's weird. It makes them, it's harder to work the match, I think, for, because you get so used to that. But it's, yeah, they don't have the crush of the glass, that's for sure. Well, you do get like, like the, the spot to me in this match that like stands out the most is um, when. Takeda goes for the sunset bomb on Takahashi into the barbed wire barricade, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't get it, and he ends up like I think he just like sh- gives him a st- forearm to the back, and then he then he does the power bomb off of the second ro- from the second rope, but he still Basically does like a, a sit out bomb. Ride. It's an insane, and it's like an insane thing, but it's like that execution would have been impossible anyway. Like that would have been the most absurd, yeah, and legally, also perfect spot of all time. It's still insane. The 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 move you end up getting, yeah, it's supposed to be a sunset flip power bomb off the top to the floor through a barbed wire spider web. Um, to had to take a breath in the middle of that, and uh, they yeah, he slips on the way over and has to just end up doing just a regular ass power bomb off the apron through the barbed wire spider net to the floor. Um, but he like he lifts him up and it, he does it like a it's like a sit out power bomb, but it does it he lifts him in a way that's kind of like the the old last ride uh, that the Undertaker does or uh, Suwama if you're <laughs> if you're a big yeah. fan. Um, the uh, the the thing all right so earlier on they do the scissors again and I feel like the scissors are implemented a lot better in this match than they were in the previous one um, because well first of all we get a really like blatant blade job where they cut to Takahashi just cutting his own forehead um, but it's okay because right after that uh, uh, <laughs> Takata comes over puts him in a camel clutch and just starts slicing him across the head with a pair of scissors um, that's also how he also, takes control also, of the match. Also, the, the first lighting because Yo- Yokohama is famously never has fucking good lighting, and Sumo Hall actually has fucking good lighting. You can yeah. see what the hell's happening. Um, and this is there's it's just like it's a weird match, and I don't. It's oh, I think this is like, the best I mean, of the three. I like this the most actually. I, I kind of, in a way, I kind of do too, and I think it's the most impressive. It's the most ramped up in a way. Um, the, the fucking gadget board headbutts so ridiculous the yeah so they, saw... they get the gusset sort of plates in their heads and they start doing shoot headbutts to each other um that was that was nice <laughs> i guess and you get like ramp spots and stuff i mean like it's kind of just like just fucking kills them with like a like a uh a vertical drop brain buster on the ramp and it's like after yeah, stabbing him with a fork headed. or no with the, yeah. with the scissors <laughs> sorry it's so um fuck. Yeah, so right, the, the fork board. Pretty, yeah, that's all right. We got we we can do 10 minutes. Uh the fork board on the outside uh almost gave me a heart attack. Uh so they they teased a power bomb off the apron. I'm like, "Fuck, this is this is going to be awful." And they head back in. Um and they 
you know, move into a sequence. I figure they're going to save it for later because now they're inside the ring. Uh, but no, Takeda bounces off the ropes and just gets fucking hip tossed over the top and crashes like ass and thighs first through a fork table. Um, <laughs> it's, it's black as smart though. Again, another smart like because. Uh, uh, I mean, that looks devastating, right? It looks like it'll fuck you up, but mm-hmm. he did mostly land feet first. And I don't know how controlled that bump was. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, really? I don't. I mean, that's a fucking. That's a no hands flip to the floor. And this is not a guy who. This is not an Osprey or, or a Ricochet who routinely does a tope con hello and lands at his feet. Like this. I, I think that's a happy accident. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I Maybe mean, he rotated good. a little extra. Maybe he did rotate a little extra to to make sure he didn't hit like back and shoulders like super hard on the forks. I don't know. I I can't imagine. It looked ha- good. It still looked good. I was just like the way that he came around and because I was fucking nervous as hell for those forks. Yeah. Like, that I was gonna see a guy with a bunch of forks sticking out of his back. Yeah. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> did you you didn't see AIW at Mania Weekend? I didn't. No, I. Uh, I didn't get the – we were touring, so I was in right. Philly the night before, and then I had to drive from Philly to New York. And uh, Eric Ryan on, goes through a fork board, man. It's fucked. Oh, I met a drug dealer at that time. I was going to go to AIW, but there was this drug dealer. I've heard the story, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't make it. Drug dealer. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, as good a reason as any. So we get the um, – Takahashi loves to repeatedly use the same weapons, even though they've been trashed and half destroyed. Um, the broken tack and gusset board he sets up on a, on the chair at an angle. Uh, we get the spider German again. He lands head first into the start the sharp shit uh, once again. Uh, this one almost looked worse to me because he gets just folded up with a like a gusset plate behind his ear or a circuit board behind his ear. Um, and then we get the probably the, the biggest moment in the match for me, which is just the revelation when Takeda pulls out a ladder and you see there are forks attached to the ladder. I uh, opened up scissors, a pair of scissors. Yes, yes. Uh, forks, and, forks and scissors ladder. Uh, <laughs> I, I messaged my wife and I said, uh, this match is cool. There's a, there's a ladder with forks attached to it. And she was like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> That was cool. I like. <laughs> I thought they might climb the ladder and jump off of it, but you know what? Jumping off of a ladder isn't even cool anymore after seeing these matches. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, that that I, I don't even remember what what was the spot that went to it. Like, just uh, was it the same uh, backdrop into Facebuster? Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, I think so. that's. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, it was. I've got it actually. It was so uh, Takeda does a power bomb flipping into a Facebuster. It sends him. Uh, like sort of knees first into it, and then Takahashi answers back with that with that back drop into face buster. Um, and oh, then, then he picks lifts him up. A, and yes, does a fucking kills STO. Him kills him with the STO, and the he lands on his head on the back of the ladder, which yeah. is somehow that was the worst that was the one time you really get the back of the head in the forks, which was what I was looking for. It's what I wanted. Uh, oh fuck! Yeah. Yeah, this is this is crazy. This is so. Yeah, this whole thing has felt like a a, a real escalation from one match to the next. Um, I really would recommend anybody who wants to watch these. Of course, the we, I watch these all on Russian YouTube. Um, we will make sure that <laughs> they are uh, linked in the show notes um, as and usual. We'll, and we'll just we'll just do the fa- uh, finish. Uh, the stall like it's Takahashi had thrown some of the salt into Kata's eyes after like an a right, reckless chair. Finish but salt, then, right. <laughs> And then he just 
dumps the entire bag of salt out after one unsuccessful ass back after one unsuccessful jackhammer and hits another jackhammer onto the salt and the kensins and the fucking uh circuit boards and that's your finish and year plus reign is ended takashi is the king of the death matches again yeah wins it in sumo hall like that's a that's the that's a big place to win it um so Brian, you this is I guess what your second and third ever like matches that you've seen of uh of, of Takeda here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see more. I think I'm gonna go find more. Uh, it's so hard to watch this stuff because like I have to watch it on a laptop because I can't use my Fire Stick to watch it. Yeah, no, so, I know. Like, Trust I, me, I know it sucks. Uh, they need to get a Ru- Russian YouTube uh, Roku app. app. For I that know. Thing. <laughs> I was looking it up this morning, man. I ended up watching this on my wife's computer in the bedroom while I took notes on my phone. Um, and then, like the other matches, I watched in multi-window mode on my Samsung smartphone while I had the notes app open. So I had like a literally like a two by three inch fucking screen that I watched the first two matches on. Um, yeah, right. and New Japan gets New Japan probably gets most of my attention because they have the damn app on the Fire Stick, so I can yeah. just lay in bed and watch it. You know, yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. Uh, like even fucking indie wrestling TV or whatever has. You have to go through some hoops to get the app on your on your Roku stick, but you know there's ways to watch this stuff that's that's a lot better than this. Um, I think I'm turned on to uh, at least I'm gonna look at more big Japan stuff. I, I think uh, Takeda's great, and I want to see I want to see him in a regular match now too. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll send a- you. Um, all right, uh, I'll send you one of his matches against. Uh, because I wanted to do it, rip to the late Atsushioki. Oh, oh travel okay, strategy. yeah. Fucking success. Uh, and yeah, RIP Atsushioki. Really good natural ma- sure. matchup. Um, that and like, there's also there's some others. Um, the aggression match from Bloodsport, I think, is essential. yeah, and and um, wait, and you know, there's other um, the <laughs> other um, the Koba, the Abdullah Kobashi. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the stuff the, from the stuff other against him. Los Amadas and Kasai, which we will talk. We're going to do it. We have to do a Takeda Kasai episode, but we'll have to do it in a while. Brian, our, would you like to come on for a new uh, most new metal wrestlers of uh, the uh, two thousand early uh, two thousand indies episode? Yeah, uh, yes, I more mean, than anything. Nick Mondo? We can assemble that. Nick Mondo, Chris Cash. We we know the guys. Rick okay. Blade. Yeah, we'll, all right. That. You we'll two, just do CZW. If, if you two are going to teach me about uh, all my blind spots, then mm-hmm. I am willing to – I will do this again anytime. Okay. Well, it anytime was, uh, that I'm not on tour and doing a bunch of crazy shit, which is anytime all Anytime you're fucking available, yeah. Right. Uh, I was, appreciate you waiting for me. I felt real bad about oh, no, like – that's cool, man. I, I like – what I do is uh, I – these things get scheduled like I'm recording our bonus shows right now too and vacation shows and podcasts so like basically it's like I have time to like do one or two guest spots a week and uh it just like everything I couldn't watch the matches last week because it was just when I got home and I didn't want to come on your show and like not watch the matches like a dipshit you know what I mean yeah yeah, it's hard. Um, and fucking anytime, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll 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 school you. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, would do you think 
there's any chance we could get Brett on as well. Is that a thing that he would be interested in doing? Uh, I can, uh, yeah. I yeah. think, I mean, okay, here's the thing. You can get Brett on and you can get me on. Getting us both together yeah. is hard to do. Okay. But we can probably try to figure, look, <laughs> I, this is going to sound like real, like we hate each other or something, but like uh, we don't, our he wakes up early in the morning and goes to bed at like 10 and I wake up at one and I go to bed at like four in the morning. So like <laughs> our schedules our our schedules never overlap. We just get, we net like if we hang out You're outside of the show, it, it's like with our families and shit yeah. and going out. But most of the time, I mean, yeah, we're we're doing the podcast if we're together. Yeah, your we boys, but you're also yeah, your boys, but you're also fucking coworkers, professional yeah. boys, the yeah, professional we, boys. We 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 do hang out a lot outside of the show, but it's like I said, our wives are there and our, yeah. our you don't kids have a microphone in front of you. You're not. Yeah, I, totally I know. Right. You want to hear something funny? Uh, just before we go, oh, yeah. is, uh I posted in. Uh, a Facebook group that we have for the group that is also a wrestling group, which by the way, there are fans of you two in, in that group. I I've, they've posted a few times about it. Oh yeah. And uh, so somebody in there, uh, I said, I'm going to throw my first pay-per-view party in two years for a uh, fighter fest because I haven't been home for an AEW pay-per-view. And I was like, ah, I'll just order it and I'll have my friends over and shit. And some dude was like, hey, you should crack the cameras on and, and have like a live watch along. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, um. why can't I just do a thing? Yeah. <laughs> like not I on not a microphone. You don't have to be online I... all the time, man. You are... Yeah. The, the, you are not a content machine. I mean, There's he only is. one that machine, my friend Ava. <laughs> it's a sh- that's, it's that's like her a- at on Twitter. So yeah, that becomes um, a, number one a Truman Show type thing. Number two, like my brother is going to come over here and watch it. I don't think he oh. wants to be on camera with yeah. me. My brother, who's a lawyer, goes on camera with me and Brett, who are fucking basically criminals <laughs> for a living. <laughs> Yeah, also, that well, would be completely you- unwatchable. Like, anybody who wants to see that doesn't actually... Like, if they think they want to see that, they they, they would be wrong. Because that sounds right, god-awful. Wants- Are you going to yeah, fucking set up a microphone watch- for everybody in the room? Like, no, what? Yeah, and no what, do they, what do you say that's so interesting when you watch... You go, oh, ah, yeah. hey, that's cool. That you suplex know? looks like... Nice. I get, look at yeah. how he landed. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I appreciate you two having me on. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Got, thank you for having me on. And, and yeah, any any time. And I will see if – I mean, I can definitely get Brett to come on for okay. sure. He would come on. He, okay. He, yeah. he gets sad because nobody ever asks him to do podcasts. And I can't – He doesn't post as much, you know. He's I not told him everybody's afraid of him. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. And, and tell you know, look, tell him we want him on. Tell him he can, you know, he doesn't even have to mute his microphone if he has to cough. Um, it's it's all good. I I'm all about it. You know, I'll, I I will tell him this. I'll tell him tomorrow. We're gonna hang out at the arts festival. I'll, I will let him know, and I'll have him get a hold of one of you. Okay? Hell yeah! He, all right. He, I, Thank he, you for he and I follow me. each other, so yeah, get him on. Get him on. Get in, and you, and we'll do the whole. Get your wife on. Get you <laughs> do all the things. Get get your wife on and my wife on. We'll do a big 
big fun party where they're disgusted by us. How's that sound? I mean, my wife would probably do it. I, I have uh, <laughs> my, my daughter won't. is a podcaster. Yeah, no, she's great. My daughter podcasts her. with me, but my wife did one recently, too. It's just. Yeah, that holiday you know, episode was beautiful. I loved it. They're not pros is the problem. Yeah. Like, not like us. Recording... Not like me and Siobhan, right? Well, you talk. You both talk. That's the thing. <laughs> like when you're recording with like people that don't podcast at all as That's their all it thing, is. it's like pulling teeth. You know? Look, you just look into a, a screen where there's nobody there and you just talk. And that's called being a professional podcaster. Yeah. Thanks for well, coming I, on, man. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Oh, let's kick ass. Yeah, I got to pee and then I got to drive to work. Uh, thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I go do laundry. So thank you for having me on. It was very fun. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, what were you going to watch? You were going to watch something right after this? New, new I got to do laundry and I'm going to watch the at least the uh, yeah, Juice like, Moxley. <laughs> Mo- yeah. Juice Moxley and probably whatever Dave like rated highly. What, whatever people say to watch, yeah. basically. For watch that Osprey match, for- man. I saw a <laughs> GIF. It looks cool. Nobody I'll, else I'll thinks so, but out. I like that GIF. Hey, I'm a I I I heard that he cut a funny promo the other night where he was saying he's very sad. So I'm oh. actually interested. Like he said, like I'm really depressed. This is the worst year of my life, and I've never felt this bad ever. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's a fucking interesting <laughs> character yeah. arc. Hell thank yeah. you guys. Thank you for having me again. And anytime, just thank get you, a man. hold of, of me. First, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Later, man. All right. All right. Um, all right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go to work. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you, uh, fucking, yeah. God, fucking work in like three hours when you get a fucking break. Yep. <laughs> All, right. All right, later. Later.